everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Min Max Show, a place about games, friends, getting better, and waving frantically. My name is Ben Hansen, and I want to thank thee for joining us. We're joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello, how's it going? Hi, um, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you, man? I'm good. I didn't expect you to answer that. I don't know. I just thought you would go to the next person. Yeah, the point of a, the beginning of a podcast is it's like a little red wagon going down a hill. You gotta just fly. Uh, Haley McLean, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome to the. Uh, also, Jenna Garcia, welcome to you. Hello. Hello. On this very episode of the podcast, we are uh, taking a turn for the spooky, getting ready for October, Kyle. Because we're talking about the original Alan Wake, 2010's Alan Wake. Uh, Haley has fallen in love with it, and so we're going to unpack all that stuff. Uh, And then that's going to segue better than any segue imaginable into a preview of Alan Wake 2 that Jenna Garcia went to. Uh, then uh, we're going to be talking even more about spooky things with the DLC for Resident Evil 4's remake, Separate Ways, starring Ada Wong, our favorite. Um, and then Janet is going to regale us with the tales of <clears throat> EA Sports FC 24, otherwise mm-hmm. known as FIFA. It really That is the worst title for a game since LEGO 2K Drive, I have to it say. Is it is rough. that bad, especially because in Neil Smith and Backstage Pass point this out, that FC is like a really common moniker for... A football club. Oh, like okay. In the is that UK football FC, club? Yeah. Is that what it? That's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you okay. know if you're in the club. Uh, and then, I mean, I've watched a lot of Ted Lasso, but that's about that's about the cap for me. You're set. <laughs> Even like I think, and don't at me on this because I don't fully remember. But uh, Miami's team, it's Inner Miami, isn't it? Also FC as well. I think like FC is not like. They did not pull that out of thin air. That is like a common. I know they. they it's not a thin air, but they pull it out of a putrid swamp of game names for the outside world. Anyways, back half of the show, we have community questions uh, that people submitted over there. <laughs> outside uh, world. Patreon. I mean, it's like just the United States are the only ones that are probably confused. Kyle, by it are you? Also, it confirmed it is Inter Miami FC, which is a U.S. soccer team. So there you go. Hey, I'm picking up some so resistance. It's your problem, Ben. Uh, Kyle, yeah. are you also in the camp that the name EA Sports FC 24 is a good name for a video game? I mean, I don't. You don't know? Well, I, all all sports games are acronyms except for Madden. Yeah, that's a great name. Just just call it Soccer Ball Twenty Four. You could come up with something better. <laughs> you know what? You nailed it. Soccer Ball Twenty Four. Messi Twenty Four. Please, yeah, Pele Twenty Five. There's instant options everywhere. There we go. Um, hey, real quick, uh, I like uh, following up on previous podcasts. You know, remember last week we were talking about the Xbox leak and all that fun stuff. And like, oh, does anybody buy physical for their new consoles and stuff? I was blown away. We did a Twitter poll uh, just where I asked, uh, how many physical games have you purchased for your PS5 and or Xbox Series X? Uh, 67% of people following MinMax on Twitter, at least, have purchased at least one physical game for their modern console, which is a lot higher than I was I expecting. Physicals for the normies. Like, I didn't, you know, we we get into a lot, obviously, on the show, but... I think it's fair to say that we don't always get every single thought in our mind, like on each episode. But I was thinking about that a lot, having been to a GameStop recently to like trade in some old um, like controllers and stuff that I didn't need anymore. And there's like a bunch of people there getting games. And I was there and there was like a family, like a mom and a son. And it was like, okay, what's on sale? Heck, they were asking like, how much does this cost? And they were trying to get like discounts and things. And obviously there's digital discounts too. But I do think, at least in my experience, like, I can't really picture being a kid and, ha- and my parent being okay with like 
putting their credit card information into like a digital space, which I know seems seems silly Mm. because we do all our stuff like that now. Like, you know, I've modernized, like I have my cards on my iPhone. Like those are things that I thought I would never do like 10 years ago because I'm like, oh, no, it's not safe enough. But there are a lot of, I think, older school people that come in, they do that, and they can also trade in their games, too. There's, like, a lot of monetary value. So I I do feel like the common common man's content is physical still. And I think that it also goes beyond there was, like, the gap of, like, the quote-unquote common gamer man or woman... Ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, General, generic man. Thank you. Thank you, Haley. Please, I'm no hero. Please, oh, down yeah. in front. <laughs> I'm no hero. Uh, yeah. Everyone give Ben his flowers. <laughs> no, but then there's the gap. And then I think the hardcore gamer also, and maybe that's the crowd that's following Minimax on Twitter. They're also into buying a lot of games. Like, yeah. you know, 27% yes. of people have purchased between 4 to 10 games. And then 18% of people in that poll purchased more than 10 physical games so far. So it's like, it comes back around to like the limited run. I am 8-bit shoppers, maybe, I think. Yeah. I mean, if no, it wasn't I, for this mm. job, I would be buying all my games physical. Yeah, just for like sharing and stuff? Yeah, oh, just yeah. sharing yeah. the value, the display. Like, the only reason I don't buy physical is because what am I going to do? Buy the games I have twice for the mm. culture? Like, I don't feel like doing it. In games media, a job that historically does not pay that much, I'm not going to be double dipping on. Like, I love Horizon. I'm not buying a physical copy after unless it's like i don't know wild collector's edition thing like if i got sure. a code for it that's why all my games yeah. physical Lock games are switch games because well, nintendo doesn't give us anything no. i i also live in constant fear of those licenses just being revoked frankly right. like i'm like truly like i i have a i use voodoo to watch movies a lot i have a huge library that i've been growing for years and every day i look at it i'm like if this if this service doesn't maintain like popularity yeah. like what happens to this yeah. library of hundreds of movies that I've purchased over the years? And like, I feel similarly about games. So I do, I do still buy a lot of physical games and the uh, Janet, you bring up a good point. I, my daughter really wanted to play uh, goodbye volcano high mm. the other day. And it was an absolute nightmare to try to buy it on her account. I like, it was like, I, I don't, you know, I'll give her the credit card information. I don't mind, but it's like, it was just such a huge pain to like get, it on her account that I was like, I wish I could just run to the store and buy this on a disc. It would just make my life so much easier. Yeah. You know, so. so you're scared of things being pulled from digital storefronts, just like the original Alan Wake was pulled because of its banger licensed soundtrack for at least a year before it was all reinstated and all that fun stuff. Alan Wake, everybody, it's the hottest property in gaming going into <laughs> October. It's it's a fun time in the industry. You're very snippy today. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's some Alan Wake's catching strays. Like no. Oh, no, no. I was sincere with Alan I think it's awesome that like everyone's hyped for Alan Wake in a way that must be really satisfying for Remedy. It's like full circle here because I was trying to think of why I had never played the original Alan Wake. I'm like, why? How did I dodge this in such a big way for that first game? Oh, like, you pressed B and you kind of did like an awkward kind of sort a juke of duck, thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, no, it turns out I didn't realize or remember that it came out like the same time as the first Red Dead Redemption. So it's like, well, there's just and also I didn't own a three Mario Galaxy. Right? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim was a crazy year, yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Uh, I did just stream like the first hour of Alan Wake. It's on Minmex's YouTube channel right now. If you want to check it out, though, but at least me playing that first hour of the first game was like. Oh, I'm an idiot for never playing this. This is such oh, a cool. At least I think the opening section was awesome. But Haley, what what is what is with this uh, passion of yours for going back to this thing? 
Oh my god, I mean, I could talk about this game for, like, hours, I feel like. I've just been writing notes at, like, a weirdo and, like, thinking about it at bed. I don't know, it's just <laughs> such... I miss. I completely missed it, too. And I feel dumb that I missed it because it's such a me game, and it's so, like... And I'm like, Haley, why did you... I don't know, maybe I just looked at it, and I saw a white guy, spooky, and I, like, thought it was something it wasn't. I don't okay. know what I thought. But I was just, it's like... very I'm not, <laughs> Yeah, I'm also not great with horror, and it's not that scary. So, like... Yeah. Maybe if someone had told me, Haley, it's not that scary, you'll like it, it's more about the plot, then I would have been like, okay, I'll try it. But I just assumed it was like Resident Evil level scary for some reason. I don't know where I got that from. Well, I think the marketing, I think the look of it for sure. I was kind of surprised even in the first hour, and maybe it gets away from this, but starting it out, I was like, oh, this is more survival horror than I was expecting. Because I knew like, okay, very story focused, all right, spooky at night, you you get the idea. But then booting it up, it's like, oh, this feels more like Resident Evil 4, especially because I've been playing so much of Resident Evil 4 lately again. It's like, oh, this feels more like that than I expected, especially based on their messaging for Alan Wake 2 of like, finally, Remedy is doing survival horror. Where it's like, it's it's a pretty blurry line if they're not counting Alan Wake 1 as survival horror. This is more action horror in my mind, though. Like, I would say it's that, not survival. Because I feel less worry going to an action horror game than survival horror because i feel like action horror can be campy and then that kind of alleviates the stress a little bit like like resident evil 4 is so campy i love it for that it's not i don't get scared because i'm like leon you blonde bimbo and i love him for it (laughs) and it's fun but like resident evil 2 remake i want to die because i'm absolutely terrified (laughs) and zombies are in lockers and there's no holding back the jump scares are everywhere there's like one jump scare in alan wake well that's yeah that's the thing like that that game is it's it's not like scary. It's not giant monster scary. It's like what's happening here? Scary, mm, right? right. It's, just, it's like creepy in a way I love. Like I would put it closer to like a limbo or an inside where you're just existing in a, a strange place. And I, I yeah. love that. That's like one of my favorite things. I love that. Yeah, there's just yeah. something about the tone from the beginning, and I want to hear more, Haley, uh, about your overall thoughts on it. But like, it's so. It's so lovably on the nose, I guess. I don't know if this is just defining a lot of Remedy stuff, but like the fact that the game literally opens with Stephen King once wrote. Just like it could not be more in your face with its influences of like, look, we really like Twin Peaks. It has to have a lot of Mouth of Madness, uh, the John Carpenter movie. Have you guys ever seen Mouth of Madness? In no. the 90s, it, it rules. And like even playing the opening, I'm like, oh my God, this makes me want to watch Mouth of Madness again. Uh, but it's so it's so sweet how in love with its influences it, it is. And I guess that's kind of a charm of Remedy throughout its history. I think there's even more to that, though, than the base label of just isn't this charming. I think they're doing a lot more with the way they set up the world in this, like, egotistical writer. We all yeah. know the writer. He's this, 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 and this. That feels very, like, basic. But then as soon as you keep playing the game, you're like, oh, my God, there's. I thought this was going to be dumber than I thought. They're, like, doing such crazy stuff with the narrative. Like, this game has me thinking about what is a game more than like any other game I've ever played. Like what is a game and what does it let you do? Because it's, it's mashing together different media in the most interesting way ever. Cause it's, it's commentating on what's a book, what's a game, what's a show. And it's like, what does it mean to be a reader, a watcher or a player? And what can you do as those three things? And how can we overlap things? Where, where where's the best place to overlap? And they do so much with that. And it, it's making me feel crazy. Like even the epigraph, the Stephen King thing is like they're taking literary devices and they're making them gameplay mechanics, but not in the traditional way. Like you find manuscripts on the ground and you like, again, I could just, ah, I love it. It's like you're Alan Wake 
but there's also the manuscripts, which are third person narrative, right. where thing you can read about what's happening when you leave areas or you're about to come to an area or something happens off screen. Like, so for example, there's like a one manuscript you pick up and it's like, Barry was terrified. He, he had to text Alan. As soon as he texted him, something burst in and attacked him. And then like an hour later, I got a text from Barry and I was like, he's getting attacked oh, right now. But so like, good. it was just something I knew because I read that page. And that's like, Meta like like Shakespeare does meta theater. This like it's like Shakespeare. It's like Hamlet's play inside a play, which is considered <laughs> one of the best literary things of all time. Like me, like meta theater, where you have the actors acting in the media, and that's one of the most complicated and hard things to pull off. Like literary speaking, and this game does it really well, and it just has me thinking. Oh my god, it's it it's written by writers. Like oh, 100%. very much, yeah. very much in love with the process and the struggle of writing. Because Alan Wake has had writer's block for two years, he can't get this new book written, or maybe he did. It's all twists on nightmares within itself. <laughs> da, da, da. It's funny because like, yeah. I feel get, like, Ben, did you get far enough to meet the police officer that just calls you a different author every time? David Chandler. Oh, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna get you this time. It is um, so funny. And then he just throws out an author name, you know, H.G. Wells or whatever. <laughs> You're like. Coming into this small town in the beginning with your wife, and then you go into the diner, and in the diner in this small town, they just have a big cardboard cutout of Alan Wake, their favorite author. It's like, how many small town diners have a cutout of like Stephen King sitting there, like, nah, no relation. We just really, really like this guy, so put it up. Well, there. They, they actually address that, don't Do they? they? Yeah, the the waitress there. Is She's like a huge a fan. Yes, super. She fan. does. Yes, and, you're so right. It's not like it's not like you walk into any diner. It's it's all part of the. Right, the she brought that from like, home. Probably. Yeah, right, like yeah, what is going on in this place? You know, why am why am I even a, why am I a standy here? It's like all part of the narrative. You know, I gotta say, like that diner is also the scene. It's a cool kind of trippy opening, and then the diner is really where it set the hook for me. Like, oh, this is good. Where it's just I'm a sucker for any game that has real live photos around of just like, hey, here's a mm-hmm. real photo of somebody who caught oh, a giant let me fish on the wall. You to Remedies games, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Get ready for a lot more of that. In okay. Like, all right. Yeah. I That's good. I, I agree with you. The combination of that and then you turn on the jukebox because this old timer's like, I want to hear a song. And it's just that, put the lime in the coconut. Check it out. It's like, this, is, this is immediately a very specific tone that feels completely unique. But Haley, I don't know if you had the same impression that I did, but like, I feel like everybody talking about Alan Wake since 2010 has been like, cool game. You know, kind of uneven, kind of tricky to go back to. It's a cult classic. Um, but it seems like you really had such a smooth time with it that it hasn't aged too well in your mind. I assume you played the remaster. I, I, no, I played the original. Whoa, okay. Wow. Oh. Steam, yeah, because I wanted to play it on Steam so that I could yeah. play it in bed a little bit because I just got a Steam Deck, so I wanted well, to play it. Well, nice. I do. Did that? That I mean, was that a version that got upgraded to like you know? It probably uh, looks a lot better maybe, than it did on the 360 yeah. for sure. And mm. it, it came with the two DLCs which I played too, which were also good. But they, they were more about like look at this weird gameplay mechanic that we didn't get to expound upon too much in the story. Let's show it off in the DLC. And then it ext- extended the story a little bit, but it was more like they tried to do platforming at one point in the DLC. Oh, no. And I was like, this is not a platforming <laughs> game. You cut that out. Stop it. But it was fine. Like it worked fine. It looked great. I mean, I kept saying, I even had it on low because for some reason it was making my steam chug. Like my PC mm-hmm. was having a problem with it. And Whoa. I was like, this game's a decade old. Why can't I run it? What the heck? <laughs> like I was driving around and apparently those are the worst areas. Oh yeah, yeah. driving. Oh my yeah. god. Because it was supposed to be an open world game. Yeah. And then they yeah. backtracked. And I don't think they like optimized those sections. They were just like open world, lots of polygons, let's just leave it as it is. So then every time I got to the open world sections, my frame went my frame rate was like one. It was like jug, jug, jug. And I was like, oh, I had to go down to low. 
and then I left it on low for the rest of the game, and I was like, this looks good. I think, like, yeah, he looks very 2010 model, like, Sean Marston-looking guy. Like, right. the face has a little chunky or whatever. But it, other than, like, I didn't notice any. I wasn't like, oh, it's so old-looking. I, I was totally fine playing there. Nice. And the puzzles and stuff, it wasn't too antiquated going through it? No, I mean, like, that's another kind of thing I like about this game is they know that it has to be fun to get you to play so they make the shooting and stuff quite fun yeah it's it's that's why i think it's another really masterful combination of like narrative and gameplay is because they're like okay we have a really interesting story to tell but we need them to go from point a to point b if they walk they're going to hate it and they're not going to play because a player is not a reader like a player wants to do stuff again which is like really interesting commentary and like what's a player what's a reader a reader sure. will sit there and look at words for hours and not do a single thing and they'll get to the end of the story but a player needs like a carrot and a stick you have to be like come on baby like get, get, get through it has to be fun otherwise they'll just be like ugh, and like walk away from it my brother would never beat edith finch you know what I mean? he would never even though i'd, I'd tell him that story's amazing you'd love it he just doesn't want to walk around the he wants to be yeah, so like, and they even say like, this gun is not a gun, it's a tool. And I'm like, I know it's a gun, but they're saying it's a tool just to get you to keep going, almost in a meta way huh. as well. Like, yeah, that's what I kept kind of thinking about is they made sure that shoot the flashlight shooting thing is fun, pretty much just to make sure you keep playing and get to the narrative elements of it, I think. Okay, funky. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's awesome that you fell in love with this game. And it was just to prep for Alan Wake 2, that's what kind of put it on your radar? Yeah, and I went back and watched all the trailers for Alan Wake 2, and they hit so different now. Yeah. Because nice. when I first watched them, I was like, oh, Resident Evil 2 remake, scaly, no thanks. Like, I wasn't into it. And I was just <laughs> like, I, I could appreciate it looks amazing, but I was like, it might not be for Haley. But now that I've played this, I'm like frothing at the bit. I'm at the <laughs> bars of my jail cell <laughs> wiggling like crazy. I'm so, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say, Janet, about 2, because I'm, I'm so eager now. I can't wait to play 2. Awesome. Well, did you also play American Nightmare, or have you touched that one? I didn't play American Nightmare. People in my okay. stream said it's kind of just a mob mode, like you just fight. There wasn't that much story going on, which mm. was, I was I was in it more for the story. Maybe I mean there is story. It's all yeah. it's it's canon. It's it's a and I think you would actually like it because it is such a funky structure. Because okay. it's like it's it's a very Groundhog Day approach to like Alan Wake, where you're kind oh, of playing loop. through the same sequences a number of times but in a way that's interesting you know uh i i think it's it, it, especially if you're like all in on alan wake i i think yeah. you should try to uh, squeeze that one in before oh too, i'll squeeze it sure. in then did you uh yeah. play control Haley? no and now Ooh. i want to play control because now Ooh. i know the whole you have world to play control. Control. connected okay yeah. you have like i think you'd like it because it's like oh, if yeah. you're talking about oh, yeah. you want a great story with fun gameplay like control is like, that was my game of the year that year that it came out. Like, it is okay. so incredible. And it has Alan Wake DLC. Yeah. So, He's like, that's it. why you have to... Yeah, but... He shows up. Exactly. So, it's like, you gotta, like... Like, you gotta check it out. Like, it's kind yeah. of a big commitment to fit before <laughs> Alan Wake 2 comes out. But, like, it's so incredible. Like, that was my entry point into Remedy, actually, Control. Like, I'd never played any of their games mm. until I played Control. Oh, funny. I, I played Max Payne 3, which I know isn't Remedy, but like that was the closest I ever got to Remedy because I never a played Remedy offshoot thing, yeah. Remedy off, sadly selling IP, and then someone else makes it Remedy. Well, yeah, I was like, Rockstar is confusing, yeah. Kyle, do you yeah. remember when we went to Remedy for Game Informer? Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, that was a cool trip. Yeah, we went for Quantum Break. Right, right. I went back and looked at a video after I played the opening of Alan Wake because I'm like, I remember there was something Alan Wake related that we did there. And we did like a video tour. It's on Game Informer's YouTube channel. You can check it out. But it's like a video tour of kind of the archive room within Remedy. And they did 
I thought it was the coolest thing. I'd never seen this before from other developers, but whenever they finished a game, like, all right, we finished Max Payne 1, we have all the assets on one computer, now we're just going to take that tower and just put it in storage, just so if we ever need to go back and get the source code, just pull anything, we can have that all sitting there. And so, like, they had computers for each one of the games that they finished. Uh, But then the cool part is they had, like, wardrobes there just like closets full of clothes and they had alan wake's actual jacket like the jacket they modeled the uh, action. for that yeah. and then the weird part kyle going back to it is they also had like a black jacket in there and the guy giving the tour he's like yeah this was like for alan wake 2 like an early version of alan wake 2 where alan was kind of in a darker spot so this was kind of like his cool black jacket we were going for but i don't think he's wearing that now in this version of alan wake 2 well so. i mean polygon has a big piece from many years ago oh, where yeah. they showed like Gosh, I want to say like an hour of like Alan Wake 2 footage, like back right. when it was like this was what we were working on before it got canceled, etc. So like that's that was the version that that jacket's from. I, okay. At that point, I can't imagine they were working on Alan Wake 2 realistically other than just wanting to. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, but hey, now everybody in the world's ready for Alan Wake 2. Um, and Jane, you went to a big preview for this thing. Give me high level takeaway alan wake 2 is it's awesome Awesome. it's a combo of control it's it has to me way stronger gameplay than alan wake so like well i'll I'll like give my big pitch and then i'll go into my own stuff um definitely has um a lot of i think beloved horror elements pulled in you know you see aspects of like true detective you see, there's a shining moment it's a little stranger things with alan wake being in the dark place which is literally gosh where is it? it's underneath like some lake or something so it's like okay he's in the upside <laughs> down basically you know sure it's got yeah, but they did it the, first to be fair sure whatever first. right yeah. but either way when you experience it you're just going to be like th- i mean if you want to be of like course. i don't know well, actually, my mind connected this, but technically, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the connection that at least I made just off the top of my head. Sure. Um, and um, it's like, it has an aspect of the medium's reality switching gameplay, but if it was good. Um, so <laughs> Okay, so reality switching gameplay. the medium. Super interesting game that just did not land, but... And, and so that's anyway. like with Alan Wake, because the whole idea is you can play as Saga, who's the FBI agent, and so if you're kind of new to the franchise, it's nice to have this kind of onboarding point where she's also confused with everything that's going on, but then you can switch to Alan Wake... And from what I saw in the preview, it seems like with Alan Wake, you have like, a, what, something you click? Is it a flashlight and it like changes it's like a, reality? It's like, like a, it's like a light, it's like a light stick. Like if you're a K-pop person and you have like those little light, light sticks, that's basically what it is. It can kind of capture light or release it. And there's different light bulbs you can interact with that will change the look of the environment. So that's the aspect of it that if you played, what, like four years ago, the medium or any, a lot of games have this kind of reality switching aspect you'll have, okay, well, if I change it to, like, B, now this this doorway exists. But if I change it to A, there's, like, a staircase, and you might need to change it to different things to reach different areas of the level. Okay, I'm still confused. So, you know, he's in, um, he's underneath the lake, but then... The dark place. The dark place. But then it also, it looks like 70s New York. Like, how open is that? Is it more of an open New York area compared to like Saga and walking through the the woods with a flashlight there? I think they're both just as open and not open. Like it definitely is a section-y game. Like it isn't, it's not, you know, it's talking about the Alan Wake comparison. Like it's not like it's open world where you're just going every which way. Um, I believe there was a fast travel system with the car where you just kind of quickly zoop to the different sections. So you're not like traversing this massive area, but I feel like 
the exploration that you do get, again, similar to Resident Evil, where I don't think you're going to find yourself wanting, like, oh, I wish this was eight times the size. Like, it's about really exploring the areas that you're given. But there is, like, quite a bit of spacing. There's enough space to get lost. I'll tell you that from my is preview. Right? Which confused. is probably my, my only ding, <laughs> which we can always chop this up to, like, oh, maybe y'all just, like... And, you know, it's tough, too. It's a preview. You're thrown in. You're a few missions in. It's like you don't have the onboarding. But I will say there definitely were... Some aspects of the telegraphing that I thought weren't super clear, like at one point they're like, follow the neon sign. And then like someone comes to me and they're like, no, it's the other neon sign. I get how that's confusing because everything is neon. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, you know. So So there's definitely those pockets of challenges, but I don't think that's anything that's going to make the game like less enjoyable. It just might add, you know, a layer of challenge well it's interesting because i mean i feel like a the main knock against control that i remember is like the map was subpar mm. and it was a lot of like where am i now what's going on so it's weird to have like their follow-up game also the main challenge is navigating and not being sure where to go but like i guess you don't want it to be too handheld i don't know okay so like the thing with the control map which like everyone is right the control map is bad correct however i will say for me personally i only got lost in control one time like i played that whole game i wrote the guide for it i did personally i did not get lost i thought I'm like, the stuff is labeled, y'all, in the environment. Like, yeah. I, I get that the, you would wish it'd be nice to have more support from the map because Control does have a map. It's just not a good one. But there is a lot of environmental directions. And I, I definitely think they lean again into environmental directions with like, you have to find this ride. And like, like at one section, you're when you're playing a saga, you go to this place called Coffee World, which is awesome. Like, there's so much good, like, aesthetic <laughs> choices in this game it's like the a wonderful blend of spooky again there's it's it is a little scary but it's not like ridiculously scary all the time you got like plenty of ammo at least in the preview build i played like i didn't really feel like it was super hardcore gameplay but it's just a cool world to be in and and be exploring so um yeah i mean having to just walk through like what actually did with the preview like how they sectioned it up and things but you know yeah, so so Coffee World, that's an abandoned amusement park that's all coffee-themed. That's the idea there? Yeah, I'm Perfect. trying to see. Like, is Perfect. it actually called? I think it is called Coffee World or Coffee yeah. Land. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's Coffee, coffee World. Coffee Land. Trailer. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. By the way, shout um, out to Sam Lake's TikTok account if you just want to see short videos of him drinking coffee in different places around the world. Oh, hell yeah. I Violently. think I want to watch that. That seems okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pretty much watch anything with Sam Lake at this point in my life. But wow. the preview was basically a total of about maybe two or three hours divided across two different missions. So we had, so the, the switching between Alan Wake and Saga, like you yeah. can like go to a, like a section to do that, but they also have like kind of their own missions and their stories sort of feed into each other. So what we were given was the third Saga mission. And we played that for like, you know, an hour and a half or so. And then we later played the fifth Alan Wake mission in the dark place. And oh. like, that's how the preview was divided. So huh. it's not like I was... Oh, I'm I'm Saga now. I'm Alan Wake. Like you, you have missions and like the things you learn interconnect and they feed into each other. Um, so so you yeah, can't, like, like Grand Theft Auto Five swap whenever you want. It's like I actually, I actually haven't played Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay, how about <laughs> like, how about Broken like, Age? Can you Broken no, Age swap? I don't. Not not can, that I saw. Can you like, Spider Man Two really swap? Set up like you're not like hot swapping between them necessarily. Okay. That's not to say that there isn't like a level of autonomy, maybe in terms of how you like go about it but it's not like you're hot swapping oh i'm in one reality now i'm it's alan wake but right. it's like a, you know what i mean they're not like sure. mirroring each other it's their own like kind of places that they exist in 
I just I realized we got Alan Wake two, Spider Man two, and Sea of Stars this year are yeah. all like dual protagonist games where you kind of play as two protagonists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hot. Trend. I feel like that's, a, that's a really popular like emerging trope for a lot of games cool. um sometimes it's like a surprise and sometimes it's not um and in this case obviously oh right there's another so, one. Oh, that one there's a lot of games yeah it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of those games but yeah you know you're a saga you know you're alan wake so the saga mission took place in the town of watery you're investigating like this cult that's going on and these like killings um everyone knows you but you don't really know anybody and you're like why do people know me like have i been here so there's like a lot of like weirdness out the gate which is really fun um but yeah you end up the task you're given is to go to your trail like your home which is in a trailer park and then someone's like oh but the keys are um over in coffee land so you head over to coffee land you go through the woods and you're like you know heading over there and it's like you have to get you know it's classic puzzle or light fetch quest mission structures where you maybe need to get into the office for the keys but the, there's a lock so you have to figure out okay well i need there's something that I, you know, I read a note and they say they were fixing something and they left the wrench by the percolator ride. So now I'm going to go to the percolator ride and you find that ride by looking at the little signs that show percolators to the left. And that's what I mean by kind of the way it's laid out. Yeah. And so again, puzzles are very like Resident Evil E in yeah. nature. So there's no map. There's a map. Oh, there is a map. But, oh, OK. Yeah, but it's it's not great. It's not like super detailed. It, it very much looks like. It's a map that looks like, you know, when you get a theme park park map, sure. it's like that kind of like flatness to it. And like okay. the Alan Wake one, obviously, is not a theme park. So it's like New York, but it's like a set of squares and there's some markings. So like okay. You're the gonna map's have to not pay super, attention. there's no mini map, which is the reason I felt like I had to keep opening the map mm. and reorienting myself, but I'm also directionally challenged. So there's well, that issue too. But. It, it looks, seeing the map, it looks very Silent Hill, like it, even to the yeah. point of having Alan like. Um, scratching off sections he can't go to and stuff, and I wonder okay. if that's intentional because that is that is a heart that is a strong part of Silent Hill Two is having a map, a tourist map that you yes. check frequently. That's a bit of jump scares. Like there's a lot okay. of like trippy reality <laughs> flashes. I mean, you even see that in some of like their you know trailer footage or like SGF footage of like screams and there's okay. It's it's scary, but it's not like ridiculously scary like i think a horror noob can easily play it and feel comfortable yeah. um, mechanically you have you know the flashlight to stun the sort of shadowy figures and like the shooting so that part feels very reminiscent of like i only played a little bit of alan wake like i played enough to be like this story seems really cool and i hate this gameplay like i hated the gameplay oh really wake. i thought it was very st- yeah, yeah i thought it was so super surprising yeah. i thought it was stiff i thought it was awkward i mean i know it's really old but like i didn't like it at all the running does um, suck in alan wake like the yeah. fact that dodge is sprint make this like my biggest qualm in that game that you have to yeah go, like it's a, it's a little bit running. of a exactly like it's got a lot of stiffness to it um the story seems super cool but i'm like i my thing for alan wake is i'm like the worst part of alan wake was actually playing it which is kind of bad when it's a video <laughs> game that you have to play yeah I, that's so so because I, I i picked it up about a year ago and admittedly i loved it when it came out but that sort of that mechanic of using the flashlight so that enemies have to sort of amble towards you mm-hmm. and get close to you and like that combination of like it's just, it's even better, uh, well, I, I, maybe that's not fair to say, but like Resident Evil 4 does it really well too, where it's like they want enemies to walk up to you and get close and make you feel like uh, being cornered. constrained. Yeah. And I feel like Alan Wake does it so well because it's like 
part of the mechanic of let you have to let them get close to you to mm. execute your yeah. final attack. And I love that. And I, like, I, of course, Janet, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But that, that's like one of the things that I think holds up. It's like so it's for some of my favorite remedy shooting. Like, I think I would even put it above Max Payne. That's Whoa. the only thing that I'm like, I'm curious too. how much like I think this is like a big step up and I fe- think people are going to love it. But I will say it's it feels different than like how I'm so old. It's like, obviously, they're not going to feel the same. Sure. But you have a lot more autonomy autonomy and motion in this like it feels very modern like you don't have to let people get super close you don't have to turn on be underneath like the perfect beam of light like it's a lot more actiony in that sense um in that sense the re4 comparison i think is pretty apt because it's not a game that at least in the preview build i played like i was not worried about ammo or worried about being in a corner like you can easily run away from enemies or you can like shoot them a bunch of times and if you don't shoot them perfectly (laughs) in the head it's not a big deal you have a shotgun and a pistol and like all these things and granted again a couple missions into it maybe it starts off a little bit more stripped down but i felt like very capable yeah of coming in and like knocking out enemies as i needed i i love that idea that kind of the starting point for the original version of alan wake was gta of we're going to make an open world but survival, scary place. And now in this, the starting point seems to be, for the point of inspiration, Resident Evil 2 remake. You know, yeah. like it's like, oh, it just feels such a healthier spot to make a game that's so clearly derived from one of the greatest over the last five years now. Did the Taken have, like, were they smart? Like, because one thing I did like in Alan Wake 1 is they kind of <laughs> just like, and they just walk at you and you're like, sure. okay, haha. But like in this one, do they kind of like use shadow to get like, I would be really interested to see if I turned to flash my flashlight, maybe the smarter ones, like the level three takens or something, see a pole and like duck behind the pole or mm. something and then come back out. And so I have to be like, oh, I'll get them around. Like, is that something you found they were doing a bit or were they just walking at you? I think they could hold their own. Like, I don't okay. think the gameplay was like super hard, but like I did die at points. Like it wasn't like completely without friction. So I think there's like a bit of, you know, there's a bit of dodging, a bit of maneuvering, you know, you back up, you reload. Like it does feel like you're there and you're in it and you're in the action and you're not just, as you kind of described, waiting for people to sort of line your shot up and then you kind of do what you need to do. Like it definitely felt like a, the fights had a level of friction that did feel a little bit reminiscent of the action that, you know, you may remember from like control for people that played that where there's a bit of the zooping, you're kind of, you know, dodging around, reloading, kind of, you know, more in the action than like a more slow paced kind of survival horror thing. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, they're slowly moving and I have two bullets. So like, do I want to use it now? It feels a lot more um, like you have a lot more agency than that. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that was that was the saga mission, essentially. So okay. is the takeaway because everyone's so hot on this game, it seems like with every preview that they get. And is it I know it's too simplistic, but the basic idea is. It's like Resident Evil 2 remake, but if the story was more compelling and it was more trippy and bold and weird. In a sense, but honestly, I think RE2 is too traditionally survival horror to be compared to Alan Wake 2. Like, I do think Alan Wake 2 is a little bit more action-y. Sure, um, And okay. I, think, I think the nature of the puzzles are different in the sense that, like, when I think Resident Evil 2 puzzles, I think meticulous hunting for a really specific and odd clue i'm like looking for the shape of an eagle and the wing right, of right, like right. a bird or something you know love it and alan wake 2's puzzles granted i haven't had like a lot of interactions with them because the previews weren't like terribly long but it felt a little bit more traditional it's something like you know you read a note and you have your you also have like that mind board that kind of helps you clue things together it's a little more 
not in a negative way, but it is a little bit more handholdy. Well, Resident Evil's puzzles are very like in the language of Resident Evil. Like if you've played these games, you know you have to pick up the weird shape and rotate it, and then it'll right. cast a shadow and a door will open. Like this is more um traditional in some regards but then cerebral when it wants to get trippy so the more intriguing aspects of the puzzle solving for me in this preview came from the alan wake mission which was like the fifth alan wake mission in the dark place um you go to the ocean view hotel which is like not the control hotel it's a different hotel but it's a ocean view hotel and it's a lot of trippy reality stuff like alan wake has this mechanic that involves um, lining up these beams of light, almost like Viewfinder, like the gameplay of Viewfinder, where once they collide, Hmm. it again changes like what you're looking at. So it's a lot of, it's not quite as wild as, um, oh my gosh, what is that thing from Control? Like the best area in the game, like the action level that everyone loved. Astral Maze? The the Ashtray Maze, I think. Yeah, Ashtray. I knew it was like something related to Cigar. I was going to say like Cigar Box. (laughs) It's not like it's on that level. That's like one of the best moments in video games, the Ashtray Maze. But the idea of entering a space and while it's mundane, not being quite able to figure it out was very reminiscent in like the Ocean View Hotel where you'll get to a point where you can't like open any of the doors. So you're thinking, okay, well, what what key do I have? Okay, I have a key for this specific door and only this one. But once I open this one, now I'm in like this new area or I'm suddenly in this theater. And then if I change the light, like now there's like people performing or it's full or it's empty or like what, you know, it kind of is... It's the same space, but the space continuously changes in a way that I think was really intriguing for both exploration and puzzle solving. Sure. And in both Saga and Alan Wake sections, I do feel like there's a lot of content in terms of going off the beaten path because like in Saga section, there's like a lot of lockboxes the cult left around that has like really cool like, you know, weapons and stuff inside, but you got to find the code. And it's like, oh, I wonder where, like, where can I find that? Like, what do I have to do? So I like... And that's kind of one of my favorite things in a game of this kind of scope where it's not like it's a massive open world game where it's a tight, confined kind of sections, but there's a lot to do in there. And there's like a lot of juice that you can squeeze out of that orange and mm-hmm. the game facilitates you doing that. Like um, one cool thing that stood out to me, too, from the Alan Wake section is you have um, sort of like upgrades available So if you find these, like, there's, like, this text scrawled in different places in, like, a circle. And if you shine your light on it, you, like, attain those words. And then if you go back to, like, I forgot what his mind palace place is called. But if you go to that space, you can then select, like, an upgrade based on the words you get. And some of them are, like, the last bullet in the chamber does extra damage. And, like, I got that one. And I was, like, okay. And then so even though I do think at the end of the day, this is, like, a narrative atmosphere puzzle game that has like some cool action. Like the action is kind of, despite being good, is probably still like one of the less intriguing things only because the other things are so intriguing. Right. Um, I like that they still have like ways to also maybe lean into that or buff you up or, or cater to your play style in a way that I think is super interesting and that I appreciate it just in that brief, like 90 minute time. But yeah, yeah, this, this game's awesome. TLDR is like I was ex- I was looking forward to it from what I saw and playing it only made me more confident that this game is going to be like an absolute banger like I think it's going to be on a lot of top 10 lists like I think people are going to really adore this and like I cannot wait like this is like for the like this is I don't know it's at like the culmination of so much good stuff because it's like Remedy really has hit their stride I think in how they make games and they always had cool ideas so it's like yeah. if you it's like the love of the cool stuff from Alan Wake with the act, the quality of control and you like mash them together, let alone if you're, you know, like Haley and you're like, I already liked Alan Wake from the jump as, as it was like, I think it's going to have 
so much additional richness and fun to mm-hmm. dig into. Like, I can't wait for the full release. With a splash of the action from that Crossfire X single-player campaign. Just all of the magic <laughs> of Remedy. Um, yeah, October... I, I, I beat that thing. I that's, played it. That's, and how was it? I'm really looking forward to Alan Wake 2. Alan you know, Wake 2, like, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. October 27th <laughs> is when this thing is coming out. Uh, they yeah, bumped it just a little bit. Uh, also, we should say that... We might be doing the deepest dive on Alan Wake 2. Here's what the plan is, everybody. We are going to let you vote, because October is so stacked that if you're a supporter of MinMax on Patreon, patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's, we say it all the time, but we say it in the hopes that you type that URL into a browser and actually check it out, because there's some cool benefits there for you. Um, But if you're a supporter at any tier, even the $2 tier, you can vote next week, the first week of October, because we're going to be locking in what game we're tackling for the deepest dive, which is our huge multi-part game club discussion. It's going to be between, of course, Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, and Super Mario Wonder. Those big October releases, and Janet smirking because she thinks including Wonder is a disaster. I like having the option for Nintendo people. I do think we can have a fun conversation about Wonder. I think it's going to split the vote because I don't think... I'll be honest. I know. Prove me wrong if y'all want to because I guess I'll pull up to the deepest dive on Wonder if we have it, but like... I just, I just feel like it's going to split the vote. I don't from think so. The other two games because that's going to be the because Nintendo. I don't think it's going to win. I'll be honest. I don't think y'all want it like that. Like, I don't think Wonder's going to win either. I, it'd be interesting. I think like eight of y'all will want it, and then those eight, like, go ahead, throw your votes away. Like we've seen this happen <laughs> in American democracy so many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired. Let's all get on Wonder the same page is like and the unite. Party. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like okay, look, it's, it's cool in concept. Let's get let's let's all get to where we know we, we're going to go. Well, I do think the new voice actor for Mario is Ross Perot. Uh, they actually just use an AI to generate his voice. Is he alive? It's Sam Lake. No, God, that's what's twisted about it. Oh, wow. So there's no that's... PR gaffes from Ross anymore. <laughs> uh, anyways, the point is you get to vote if you're a Patreon supporter between those three. And again, you know, you say it'll split the vote. I'm curious. And here's the thing. For Alan Wake. I, we for ask. I, we're not telling you to do nothing. I'm not telling you to do nothing. I say vote for Alan Wake. I'm just saying vote for <laughs> what you think the most interesting deepest dive will be. That's all I'm going to say. All As, I'm saying is Alan Wake 2 is episodic, which makes it very oh, easy to do a deepest dive. All I'm Complete saying. with like musical credits. There's a lot of stuff. like it's notes really cool. and like trippy TV stuff and parties in it. Kind yeah. of like it's. I don't know. But Spider-Man yeah. has Spider-Man. It does have Spider-Man. Spider- 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 Spider-Man has Spider-Man. Yeah. And Spider-Man. Like, that's yeah. double the Spider-Man. Also, I'm drinking out the Spider-Man mug now for the video <laughs> Subliminal. I need to get a Mario Wonder mug, but Anyway, hey, there's two vote. great options and Mario Wonder. So <laughs> I think Mario Wonder want. would be cool to talk <laughs> about. I think Should it would be, be clear, Mario like, it's Mario Wonder, I, 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 I think I speak for everyone when I say we're all very excited for it. Yeah. We're just has, yeah. We just don't know if it's going to make for a great extended conversation. <laughs> I mean, again, if it gets picked, I'm ready to go ham on, like, the jump physics or whatever the deepest yep. stuff for that would yep. be because it would have to be, like, Outfit. hardcore level design discussion like yeah. we're gonna it's gonna be good no matter what because we're good at what we do Ooh. but what do you want to listen to and i'd be what? surprised if y'all really want to listen to like a deepest dive on mario <laughs> we, hey that is me. we're just letting you vote everybody so all next week the first week of october uh we're so invested like we give the control away and then we're like but please please do what no, we want I, 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 well okay i wasn't gonna hit, let the record show i wasn't gonna say anything i was gonna sit here and be quiet and then <laughs> ben's like i can I see janet smirking over it's like you know like okay well if you want to dance we can dance and then you we called dance. me up and then you're like whoa reel it in like, and everybody's everybody's happy to dance we're doing a big old 
hoedown over on Patreon, everybody. Patreon.com slash Reno Script 2Ns. Let's keep this party rolling. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways, the DLC, came out uh, last week. This is the first big DLC for Resident Evil 4. I guess what? They've had uh, updates and here and there and all that Mercenaries stuff. Mercenaries things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, it's just it's weird to boot up Resident Evil 4 again. And just like seeing the costumes that are in there now. I was not paying attention to what was going on with the costume world, but, like, you can just play as, like, a goth-looking Leon or, like, Ashley's, like, has, like, a punk rock Hell costume. Yeah. It's really uh, mind-boggling what they're doing with that game these days. Is anyone a lifeguard in this? Basically, they're all lifeguards. Yeah, all the Ganados okay. are lifeguards. It's pretty sweet. Uh, no, Cowboy but this outfits. Is, oh, yeah. So this is the... Teeth under that bus. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ada campaign. So you can play through from the mysterious point of view of Ada in Resident Evil 4. And it's kind of... It's a remake in its own way of the... Ada campaign that was in Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. The PS2 version of Resident Evil 4, right? That's where they added that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Resident Evil 4 came out early 2005 on GameCube, and then later that year it came to PS2 with the the separate ways DLC. And then, as far as I know, it's been part of every re-release. It's just part of the package. At this right. Point, I right. Think. I I had never played the original, so I was really curious to see what this was going to be like. I I went into it genuinely not sure if I did or not. I don't think I ever did because I played it right when it came out on GameCube mm-hmm. and GameCube did have Ada missions in it. Uh but they were really short. And sure. this is and I and I, like I've played it through its entirety on other platforms, but I, I really don't know if I ever played it or not. I really can't remember. Oh, weird. Uh and then Haley, you've had the weirdest experience, right? I is... played uh Resident Evil 4, like the original one, like a year and a half ago. Um, I did that because my partner and I at the time were doing a podcast. We can't do it anymore because there's not enough time in the day. But we would just go back and forth and make each other play games that we liked, but kind of thought the other one might not. Right. I'll get. I'm. I'm mean to him. I don't care. It's not some associate online. Like I'm like that's trash. <laughs> you're trash. Like we, that was kind of. Like, are you holding idea. back from us? Is that like? Is that what we're learning here? Yeah. Insult us <laughs> exactly. like you insult the person you love the most. Yeah. Please. I'll insult y'all more. Love Thank y'all. You. I'll Thank be you. mean Thank to you, you more. Because, like, uh, you know, I, go no. ahead. <laughs> I don't want to be mean to someone be mean to me. Okay, so that's two <laughs> insults, one no insult. See, I don't okay, like that. you. That bad. <laughs> but, uh, so he made me play Resident Evil 4. I also played Dark Souls. He made me play some hard games. I gave him Sunshine, Twilight Princess, Sunshine is hard. and Night in the Woods. <laughs> Sunshine's hard. And he gave me Dark Souls, Death Stranding, and... Resident Evil 4. <laughs> this is like when I did this with books and someone gave me The Odyssey. I had oh to read God. the entirety of The Odyssey. Got to. Um, shout out to Robert Fagel's edition because it has like, great annotations. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, why did I get the, why did I get that? Like that's not that's not even. So you played the original Resident Evil 4 last year and you haven't yeah. played the remake but you played the Separate Ways DLC? Yeah, you know what's so, so funny cool. is I entered into the game because my partner bought it on, on our, our PS5 and he played it. He's beaten it. He's played it like four or five times. He's trophy hunting. Like loves it. And I, I would watch him, but I just recently played four. So I was like, I appreciate that I would like this and probably jump into it. But there's just other stuff going on, so I didn't play it. Yeah. And then we were going to talk about the separate ways. So I was like, I'll play the separate ways. So I booted it up on my profile, and the game was so funny. It was like, what are you doing? It was like, go play the game. And I, it, it said two times. I was like, separate ways. It was like, we highly recommend you go play the game. And I said, no. And then I clicked start DLC, and it was like, no, like, go, what are you doing? Like, go play the We're game. Serious. And I said, no again. And then it let me play separate ways DLC. So what was it like it jumping? It did not want me. What was it like jumping right into separate ways then? The game's still the same, but obviously, like, these remakes change a lot of it. Like, not just cutscenes or the vi- or, like the vibe of things, but they also, like, you know, get rid of 
bad places. They, they reworked bad Resident Evil 4. What, bad places in Resident Evil 4? That, <laughs> I don't think so. I think everything they removed for the remake was a mistake. Uh, and then the fun thing, without spoiling too much, is up. some of the things that then they cut for the remake then in separate ways. It's like, all right, here you go, dorks. We'll give you a little taste <laughs> of the thing that you've been screaming about was lacking in the original Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, but yeah. like, was it? did it feel wild to jump in there like going from the original to flying around as ada with a grappling hook like that must have been yeah. jarring oh the grappling hook's sick it's so it was good. fun to be Ada because she's hot as hell she's better at everything <laughs> than leon yeah. and she's fun like that's the gist like i'm like hell yeah i want to be ada like she's so fun and i love the fact that you're like seeing leon doing stuff she'll be and she'll be like anyways and like move on and do her that is really yeah the lesson for this game from takeaway from separate ways is at all points to resident evil 4's critical moments ada is watching you which is always like a big thing resident evil 4 is like oh ada's outside the window and she'll shoot this guy in the head at just the right time but it's like there's so many scenes in here where she's just like the watcher from marvel just like staring at leon going about his journey it's also it's also nice to role play as someone with a crush on leon Oh, just, interesting. Just having a crush was on that Leon. Not I don't even have to role play the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to role play. I have a crush on Ada and Leon. This is like a bisexual dream. No, oh, my, oh I was literally thinking that. I was wait, like, I'm so glad you said that. Like, that's, yes, that's a lot of Resident Evil is a bisexual dream. Like, RE2 <laughs> yeah. is the ultimate bisexual game. Yeah, in all of it's perfect. That's yeah, bio, but, uh, wait, what is, what is it called? In, I was, did I screw this joke up already? What's it called in Japan? Biohazard. Biohazard. That's what they were going for. America wasn't ready for it. (laughs) Speaking of buy, uh, you can buy the DLC for $10, uh, which I was was surprised by. What do you mean? Uh, I I was really surprised because it took me six and a half hours to go through this whole thing. And for $10, I think that's that's a great opportunity. Like, you know, I... It's polished, too. It's it's like a very good-looking DLC. Yeah, I, I had a blast with it. And like... Of course, I get uh, triggered a little bit online. There's a lot of debates online about, like, this is a better deal than all of Resident Evil 3 Remake. I'm like, oh, okay. You don't need to bash Resident Evil 3 Remake again. People really it's a hated fun game. Remake, but it's people didn't fun. like the game when it came out. So when you remade it, it's like, oh, you remade the thing that no one liked. Well, before. no, like, Resident Evil 3 Remake, people liked. It's confusing. It's just a RE3 remake. It's a good game. game. I think it gets way too much crap. The point is... It does get a lot of crap. It does. That's all I know about it is that people don't like it. It's confusing how much crap it gets. But the point is, this is great DLC, especially for like 10 bucks. It's like, it's just fun because like, I don't know, I assume other people in this same camp, but like, I have spent the rest of the year after finishing Resident Evil 4 remake, like, God, maybe I should just go back and replay Resident Evil 4 again. Maybe I should do some <laughs> New Game Plus runs. It's always in the back of my mind, like, I should really, in a perfect world, I'd just be sitting on this couch blasting through Resident Evil 4 again and again and again. And this is just, like, a, a nice way to have really just kind of an abridged version of all of Resident Evil 4 that's separate from the New Game Plus stuff. Because you're going through, like, all the highlights. And it, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I played it, but it's still so fun to be like, oh, my God. I'm getting the little biosensor as Ada. That means, okay, I'm going to be going up against uh, our dear friends, the Regenerators. I have to deal with them. I forgot about their stupid move on the ground where they slide around like a dolphin and come and attack you. It's just like, it's all the iconic enemies and moments for Resident Evil 4, but just compacted down to this six and a half hour campaign. And then I mean, that, 
yeah, that was my big takeaway was like, this is just a reminder that Resident Evil 4 Remake is freaking fantastic. <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. Just give me an excuse to play some more of it, please. But then on top of that, it like... I makes me want to go play it now. Like, that I oh skipped it. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have played it when it came out. So the game tried to the stop game is you, so, Haley, No, the game twice. is so mad hearing you talk. They're like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I wish I did? Played it before. If only someone told me. You had no no one told you, so that's through no fault. So if only game. I got multiple prompts guiding yeah. me to that decision before. Someone should have told you. The fact that they didn't, shame on them, honestly. At least I know the plot. So it's not like I played separate ways and I'm like, who's Leon? I like, I know yeah. what happened. You got the idea. What's Lewis? <laughs> Whatever. Like, I don't care Ashley about who. the amber. Why are you always talking about the amber? Um, yeah, the, the big thing I think for this game is just her having the little grappling hook. It's mm. it's such a fun idea because I feel like with so many Resident Evils, you're always looking at the ground trying to figure out, okay, what items am I not going to miss here? Make sure I grab everything. And then just to have this be like, every once in a while you got to look up because there's going to be, of course, through her high-tech contact lens, even though what Resident Evil 4 is set in like 2004, but she has a high-tech contact lens so she can see these grapple points. So it's just so fun to be able to look around an environment and especially like if you're in the middle of, you know, the village just fighting a bunch of ganados and just be like, all right, so long suckers, zoom, and just like zip line away and... Uh, you you fight the El Gigante again in this DLC, and that again was when it like sealed the deal of like God, this is so good. And having the zip line in that El Gigante fight, and especially like zip lining and grabbing on and grappling onto his little back parasite, like your Spider Man, like that part was so good. It just elevated this experience much more than I was expecting. It might you, be hard now to go be Leon because he's I just think so. a clunky boy on the ground. Well, the biggest thing, around. the biggest thing is having like that melee where like you'll shoot somebody yeah. from the distance as they're stumbling towards you and then they go down and normally it's like, okay, I got to run up and then do the classic Leon melee suplex if you're lucky, all that fun stuff. Um, but then in this one, it's just so satisfying to be able to just grapple hook, like, ring, just fly over to them and then kick them and they go flying or like, you know, it, it sets up these scenarios over and over again in separate ways where it's like, there's two enemies like on the ledge right to a, like right next to a point you can grapple to. Then you grapple to it. And as she's grappling and landing on that spot, she also does this crazy kick and takes them out. Like just Ada's movements are so fun in this thing. I had the ability where you can pull the shield off too, which was my yes. least favorite thing in Resident Evil 4. They have a shield and I'm like, oh, now I have to waste like five bullets when I could have used two. But she's like, yoink! And then you can just hit them in the head anyways. Oh, it's so much more satisfying. Yeah, that, that was an upgrade I liked the second it made itself yeah. apparent. I was like, well, I'm getting that. I don't care if there's only one shield guy in this whole DLC. I'm going to have that <laughs> equipped just because I don't want to have to waste, like you said, more shotguns uh, ammo to like blast through the shield. Shoot but yeah, yeah. toes. Yeah, feel it. <laughs> to me, it wasn't this like huge, like you know, reexamination of Resident Evil Four or anything. It was just like an opportunity to play it again, sort of with like a with new equipment that made it more fun. Um, but yeah, and I liked uh, like like we kind of teased. There's a couple sequences that I wasn't expecting to be in it that are yeah. in it that I was I was very happy about. And I like the ending is cool too, where like Leon's in the middle of the the end game boss fight, and you're running around trying to support him a little bit. Like yep. I just I liked how that worked, and there's some fun like bigger re lore stuff. You get to see more of Albert Wesker and like figure out what's going on in their relationship. He really wants that Amber. It's he it's needs very important. The Amber, it's a new <laughs> age of man. I was getting so <laughs> much anxiety for her. Like when every time he'd call, I'd be like, oh, she's gonna have to tell she's him. Like, he I'm lost working it. on it, and also he's there. That's, he like walks yes. up to her. And it's like, if this is so important to you, you're Albert Wesker. Can't you, like, kick people's heads off with superpowers I'm and totally stuff? with like, you, Kyle. That was the biggest mind blow. He's like, wait, he's just there in Spain the entire 
entire time. I thought he was like back in Washington, D.C. or in Colorado mm-hmm. still on the intercom or some nonsense. But all right. He wants but, to uh, look pretty. He wants to keep his hair quaffed. He doesn't yeah, want to go out. Yeah, he's doing a good job. It's a good look. But yeah, I was I the way I played it was like I streamed it for an hour over at Game Informer with the intention of like, I'll stream it, but I'm going to go finish Phantom Liberty uh, first. But the, I streamed it for an hour, and then later that night, when it was like time to play on my own, I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna not play Resident Evil Four. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I have to go finish it first. And then I went, then I got back to Phantom Liberty, and I finished that last night. So, um, good stuff, Phantom Liberty, by the way. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. good. A good conclusion. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I played this on Steam Deck. I played Resident Evil Four Remake on PS5, but it's like it's fun. It's the I realized at a certain point, it's the like highest fidelity game I've ever played on my Steam Deck. It's like, oh, it's just mm-hmm. weird. Normally, it's just kind of like you know, I'll play. Uh, Dome Keeper, just some good pick up and play game on my Steam Deck. But this is like the first time I was like, oh no, this this game looks awesome and it's so cool to have it handheld. Uh, granted, I mean, I guess you can play it on your phone soon if you're an iPhone user, but still having it on Steam Deck was was super cool. Uh, also, it's fun that uh, this DLC was directed by a real old timer at Capcom, uh, Yoshinori Kawano. I always love looking these dorky things up, but Kyle, he directed Mega Man Zero Three. For the Game Boy <laughs> Advance. Right. Like, it's been around for since the Game Boy Advance era. And now he finally gets to direct a Resident Evil game. And it's this funky DLC. So, yeah, two big thumbs up. But it, not a revelation, but just a fun way to re-experience yeah, that was the Resident DS Evil game. 4. This is not that. Right. Mm. Although... No uh, misjokes on this show. Not gonna <laughs> yeah, miss yeah. it. Get ahead Thank of you, them. Kyle. I did, have a, I did have a moment of thinking, like, I wonder if they would do the full remake for Revelations. Maybe maybe we're overlooking how likely that is. No. I mean, do you think they're going to remake everything at this point? First. They are like, going to remake it, everything. Are they just going to be running through everything? I, we've talked about it a thousand times, I feel like, but I, I would put money they do one before Veronica. Veronica's the cool choice, yeah. but I just... I no, really I, I think, I think you're right. Time. <laughs> I mean, well, we've never had it in this high fidelity. No, but genuinely, that's not even me. I know you get that sound that's snippy, but like... It, we keep going back to one, but like we need to go back again. Just like one, yeah. one, one more time. One more time. Yeah, high, high res. You are almost a Jill sandwich. That's like all I want. From one. <laughs> it needs to look and sound amazing yeah. when we hear it. Yeah. It needs to just high res 4K. Someone saying that, and that's all I'll care about mm. for one. But I just, I just want it to be known that I desperately would so much rather have Code Veronica, just because it is yep. so underplayed and underdiscussed. Like it, it's the one that is the most like in need of an update and an opportunity for people to see that part of the Resident Evil story, which it is like weird, surprisingly super important to the larger lore. If you care Mm. about that kind of thing, Um, it is Resident Evil three. Like it, you know, it got renamed, but it is Resident Evil three. Right. Um, Anyway, Uh, anyway, separate ways available everywhere with Resident Evil four remake. Um, Janet, you've been playing uh, this FIFA game, EA Sports FC 24. Uh, Do you play these every year? You lock it in? Yeah, I pretty much play it every year. I will say I didn't play 23 as much as I normally have. Normally I'm going like for the last good chunk of years. I've been going like pretty in on regularly doing tournaments with my brother. Like I really just play this game almost exclusively locally, which is a bizarro thing because... Most people do like the online, like the, that's why like I don't have as much beef with FIFA slash now eSports FC because I don't do the like microtransaction-y, like the ultimate team, like all of that. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I don't know like what the problems are. Like I acknowledge, I'm sure there are problems and there are many, many great reviewers who can like dig into the weeds on that. But I just kind of keep it casual. I'm hitting the quick play. I'm doing the tournaments. You're Sometimes not I card do. packs or whatever. Exactly. Wow. So I don't have I don't have card pack drama because I don't engage with that mechanic. <laughs> card but card pack drama. Yeah. No. The people who like 
they're like living a whole nother life and it sounds like it's a it's a tough one because i guess they mess it up every year but um sometimes i do the solo campaign and every year for the last like three years i'm like i'm gonna do the all the trainer things and i'm gonna get really good at the game but i've never but this year feels different i think this year i will do it (laughs) even though i've never (laughs) done it but um yeah you know i won't go too in depth because i i get it it's it's very niche it's the niche thing that everyone especially no offense to present company people in the games industry unless they literally are the reviewers they're like oh another one of the like i don't know but sports games are tough uh but good yeah i mean it's like fifa's pretty consistent um or like an esports fc now is the name uh which is just a licensing thing i know people are still like a lot of (laughs) review taglines are like despite the different name it's more of the same it's like yeah, it's the same franchise y'all like i right. can't like like i know we all have that idea for a good strap line but it's not that interesting to keep saying it may it may have a different name but it's the same yeah it is what you can expect from this franchise um which pretty consistently comes in from reviewers in like the low to mid 70s i think people you know yeah. the same complaints tend to go around with like the microtransactions stuff sometimes nitpicks on like you know player performances or things like that but I've played a couple of the um, quick plays and I've done a bit of Volta last night. And genuinely, again, if you like EA Sports FC or you just have already dug into this or you're open to it because maybe you're into soccer, there is no thrill like it. Like, I know it's it's going to sound like I'm memeing or that I'm doing it for like, I don't know, the attention of it all or something. But like, genuinely, <laughs> if you soccer like... Soccer boys are like, yeah. Well, just like, I feel like people like think I almost talk about it because like oh no one wants to talk about it but like i genuinely play this game every year i love it every year and it's so fun like if you have enjoyed the rush of watching soccer or football however you want to call it right it's that same thing but almost heightened because you're in it which again that is preaching to the choir if you're a sports game person but like the i was playing it last night and i was like oh my god I freaking love this game. And it's so funny because there's like this, is like one of the best years in gaming. So many good 10 out of 10s, nines out of 10s, top, you know, the top 20 list is going to overflow this year, or aka the two tens, right? But I'm like, does anyone else just want to play FIFA? Because like it hits like <laughs> nothing else. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know, it's, it has so many great, and again, I don't remember all the differences between 23 and 24. So forgive me if some of these things are in 23 already, but just like, the granularity you can go like you can change like the weather whether or not the pitch gets affected the shading of the pitch the ball you play with like and one thing i thought was really cool is in the game settings they seem to really really be leaning into if you don't know how to play the game you could still play it now admittedly i haven't tinkered with this setting myself because i do know how to play the game so i want control over all the things but like let me see i took some screenshots of it on my phone because it goes like really for lack of a nicer term, kind of like idiot proof with some of the mechanics. Like you can do, um, so I could play. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, in general, it's not that complicated. Of a game, <laughs> You're a but, like, lawyer. Think, Haley. No, genuinely. Like it's got like, <laughs> it's got it with soccer though. Oh, no, okay. no, but it has, it has stuff for that. It has stuff like you can make it so that every time you shoot, like to score a goal, the ball will generally go in the direction of the goal. Like you won't okay. have to control that yourself oh, if you want. And yeah, they have aim assist. It goes up really high. It can go in the middle. It can be totally off. They have that for passing, for selecting players. They have it for auto running. If you like pass the ball to somebody, you can let like the AI kind of take over to a degree. They have, oh, cool. um, they even have like a marker for um, offsides. Like the, I know it's like a big, if you don't, watch soccer 
I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with is understanding what offsides is, which is like you cannot pass and have like your foot leave the ball and then have like your player that you're passing to not have a defender in front of them. That's like what offsides. Like, if you if you're oh. just out there alone, you're offsides, and like that's just a rule in soccer, and it like trips a lot of people up. And they have in the game, and granted, you know they're machines replicating professionals, so you're not offsides a lot anyway because. Players tend to position themselves so they're not offsides. But you can have a marker that shows, like, an offsides flag. There's indicators to talk about, like, players' play styles. So I think it's a really fun way to also get to know. Again, you can just kind of get more immersed in the hobby. So, like, understanding who different role players on different teams are. Like, by seeing, you know, what's their style of play. Like, I haven't dug too much into, like, all the different indicators. But they have, like, a whole web page that shows, like, okay, this player plays this way. They're known as, like having this style and you can kind of match it up that way. Oh, cool. But yeah, just a bunch of cool handholdy stuff. Um, as always, you know, I still want more from the game. I want more teams. I'm bummed as hell that Liga MX is once again not in here. That's like Mexico's soccer, Mexico's MLS essentially, like their professional league. Because that's, uh, Konami got the rights to that. And I think oh, they weird. have the rights to that for like a while. But like, that's one of the main leagues I play as. So I'm like... Damn, is that ever coming back? Because, like, the Konami game did not work out. Like, no one likes that game. They freaking hated it. Like, everyone hated it. <laughs> everyone hated it. It turned out terrible. So I'm, like, I'm kind of bummed about that still. Um, but, you know, they are making strides with things like having a more robust uh, representation of the women's game in soccer. Cool. Has been improving year over year. Um, but, yeah, for the, you know, I'm I'm hardcore casual. So I still want, can we get some more house rolls? Can we get some more, like, stuff going on with the more pick up and play moments of the franchise. But yeah, every year, what is now EA Sports FC is a great game. I enjoy it every year. I put hella hours into it every year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and this year is not gonna be any different. My brother's coming over, I think tomorrow, like for my piano lesson afterwards. I'm like, yo, you wanna play some uh, EA Sports FC? Cause like, I'm so excited you to get back into FIFA. it. I you did, it's hard. FIFA. I know it's hard not to say it. It's funny cause it still has all the teams. Like it just doesn't have, FIFA, the org- the soccer organization, was like, gotcha. they could not reach an agreement yeah. on the finances regarding the name. So that's why it's not FIFA anymore. But um, yeah, should be a fun time. I will say I'm rusty as hell and I suck really bad right now. So my passes are just like not landing right. Like they're either too weak or too hard. So Turn I, on need baby to, mode. I need to fix that up a little bit. But um, yeah, excited to get back into it. Playing against my brother. The only other person I play against really is Blessing. Sometimes... My boyfriend, Isaiah, because um, he's, like, starting to get into soccer now. Like, we got, like, the MLS pass on Apple TV, and, like, we're watching all the Galaxy games, and we're watching Inter-Miami FC because Messi's there. And, yeah, I'm one of those basic Messi people. Like, <laughs> it's just good to watch him play. He's so freaking good. Like, it's insane. There's anyway, a reason why I know his name. And I don't know yes, he's, like, yeah. it, like I it just, is like... the one pa- dating Taylor Swift? No, yes, but that's why I get a little yes, of this. Yes, he is. Um, I have a whole thing for that. But, um, <laughs> anyway... That's my EA Sports FC no, love it. rant. It's it's fun every time. We'll see how things go and if I can actually do the training this time and really learn the game yeah. and not just like I have a base level skill and understanding, but I'd like to get like actually good at it. So we'll see. Sweet. That's uh, a year from now, you're eSport pro. I know. Honestly, <laughs> like I, I have so much freaking fun with this franchise. Like you have no idea. But anyway, that's fun. Kyle, how much time in your life have you spent playing Mega Man Soccer? Um, when I learned of its existence as a child, I got it on an emulator in a ROM and uh-huh. I played it for like half an hour or uh-huh. something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you smiled? Is that more or less than you expected? Uh, I think that's about <laughs> yeah, right. That smiled. is. <laughs> uh, nobody on earth has played more than half an hour of Mega Man soccer, yet everybody lightly appreciates the fact that it happened. It's we're all weird. happy it exists, and we're all surprised. We all have that moment where we're like, what? That's a thing? And then we're... We live our lives. And then you know? we go on with our lives and we lead our lives to one conclusion. This is a gross thing to say. Patreon.com slash Minmax. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Haley, do you know how this whole thing operates? I think I do. I think it's the thing you just said. Mega Man Soccer. That's right, <laughs> yeah, everybody. That's uh, go find a tier that works for you. Find something that's sustainable. That's how you keep independent games media sustainable. So there are sweet benefits for you there. Check it out and vote for the next Deepest Dive if you're a supporter at any tier. Uh, thank you to some of our... <laughs> thank you to some of our biggest supporters like Liquid IV. Uh, it's... Oh, proper functional hydration, they want you to know, is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier, listen up gamers, is the one product you're (laughs) missing in your daily routine. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Basically, once you've had Liquid IV, going back to water, it's like drinking salt water. It's... It's... It, it will kill you. It will murder you. Liquid I, I IV, bought everybody. some today, Ben. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, you I, I picked some up from Target. Our code that Ben's gonna say in a few seconds. No, sure they had did. it at Target because I wanted I wanted like non-flavored. I found I got some Gatorade stuff that was mm-hmm. like electrolyte boosting, but it was sure. like it was like glacier cherry, and I was like, nah, I want water flavor. Give me that, right? <laughs> and Liquid IV, but what they do have is water. It's water. Uh, but they do have 12 total flavors for Liquid IV. And I, I, before I've said, like, you know, we sent a, a lifetime supply of this stuff to Jenna Steber because she was uh, on the podcast every episode during paternity leave. I filled out a form. They sent some to my place. I finally got to try this legendary Liquid IV. Um, turns out it's really good. And I was really delighted they had, uh, like, white grape, which I'm a sucker who loves some good white grape juice. White grape. And so having, like, you know, electrolyte-packed, uh, white grape flavored water was uh, exactly up my alley and so I've enjoyed it every day and it comes with like a bunch of cute bottles and stuff like that uh, it contains five essential vitamins Pfft. name a name an essential vitamin Kyle because it's it's in there calcium no no Haley is that a vitamin um, it's potassium that's iron no. probably not the way you go off script with these is always <laughs> a, a ride in itself that's right Janet B3 B5 B6 B12 and vitamin C Made with three times oh, the electrolytes you know, of leading sports That's, drinks. That should have been my first suggestion. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, and as they always say, Liquid IV, real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide upsetting. at Costco. Upsetting phrase. I remember that. I did listen to that episode, actually. It yeah. is upsetting how good of a discount this is. You get 20% <laughs> off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MINMAX at checkout. That's 20% off anything. When you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MINMAX at liquidiv.com. Thank you, Liquid IV. Also, thank you to our dear friends at IM8Bit. They want you to know about a sweet new something in their store. It is the physical edition on PS5 and Nintendo Switch for Toem. Remember Toem? T-O-E-M, that black and white photography adventure game. Super cool. Uh, I'm 8-Bit Physical Edition, the exclusive there. It includes four character standees, allowing you to photograph your favorite characters in the wild, just like in the game. Oh, that's a fun idea. Um, And then also there's the double vinyl soundtrack for Toem as well. And you can go check out I'm 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Use the promo code RETURNOFCHICKENBOY. 
Return of Chicken Boy uh, for 10% off of everything in their online store under $100. Help support them because they are fantastic. Again, I can't sing the praises of I'm 8-Bit enough. Uh, they've been great partners with us for, for years now. Hi. And like, we might... Uh, oh, yes, Haley? Sorry, I'm excited. My client's game is getting a soundtrack being released by I'm 8-Bit. Really? I'm excited to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little to the left. little to the left. Oh, oh sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, so yes, yeah. check out all that stuff at I'm 8-Bit's wonderful online store. Use that promo code return of chicken boy. No space. And I'm 8-Bit is so generous that each and every week they ship out a prize for somebody in the MinMax community. If you support MinMax at any tier on Patreon, you can submit a question or comment each and every week for the MinMax show to help make the show better. And then we choose our favorite and they win a prize this week. Of course, uh, if you have the best question submitted over on Patreon, i8bit just ships you a cassette version of the Super Mario Brothers movie soundtrack. Which How delightful would that be to go out to your mailbox and it's a cassette of the Mario Brothers movie soundtrack. That would make your day, and your day could be made. If you support us on Patreon and submit a question and make the show better, please. Um, by the way, I made pitches sent over, like, the Mario Brothers movie soundtracks, and so I got it on vinyl, and I put it on my record play the other day, and then, Kyle, I just literally put it on and then just sat back on my couch downstairs and just listened to how good that soundtrack is. Like, it's such a fun soundtrack for that movie. Anyways, why do that on vinyl when you have it on cassette? And, Kyle, why are you muted when you could be talking... I know I was just going to complain about the licensed music in Mario Brothers movie and that I wish they had just used their orchestrated soundtrack the whole time. Well, I was muted because I was eating a raspberry. Oh, thank you. Oh, hey, uh, here we go. Virgil B over here. They say, hey, unlocking costumes in Mortal Kombat 1 has been really fun. There's something empowering about getting new costumes for your characters. Which games have you enjoyed unlocking costumes in? Which games have your favorite character designs? Okay, so costume-specific character designs. Yeah, when you think of like unlocking costumes and being satisfying, what's the what's the number one go-to in your mind? Uh, oh. Mario Odyssey. Yeah, oh, that was very Yeah, you're right, man. I didn't think because my default is like I don't really care about costumes too much. It's not a big deal. Even Spider-Man, hot take. I know Janet, we talked about it. I'm like I don't really care too much about the other suits unless it's like that animated suit or something wild. But you're right, Mario Odyssey was always exciting. Totally. I'm the opposite. I love costumes and everything. Like. Like, I am obsessed with, like, the aesthetics, the just nonsense of it. Um, like, I'm doing that now in Lies of P, which, like, you get costumes really, like, barely in Lies of P, which I wish they gave them to you more often. But, like, when you when I killed that donkey guy and, like, I got to wear, like, his head mask thing and now I'm a donkey sailor boy. That's like perfect. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, that can't do anything for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, this, this is... This is the pinnacle. So, like, just <laughs> kind of really any, almost any any game. Yeah. Like, all I want to do is buy clothes. I mean, my up. my big quote-unquote problem is I just want to look like the character on the box, yes. so to speak. Oh. Like, that's the best design. So I just want to look as cool as that. You know, that's the one that they've all worked on and decided should be the lead marketing, like, push. This is what this character looks like. I'm like, yeah, that's who I want to play as. So if it's, like, gives me some corduroy pants or something, I'm like, no, I don't really need these. Maybe. (laughs) Not even that daring of a change. Just some corduroy pants. Maybe it's because, like, whoa, whoa. whoa. I don't want to point fingers, but maybe it's because you don't have, like, and again. Uh, you know, a uh, person in a glass house, yada, yada, yada. Careful, but maybe you just careful. don't have like a strong fashion sense, but maybe that's what yeah, the secret is. If you wow. have, okay, this is, I would a... not take that at all. That's why I didn't no. aim it at you. No, but you know that, no, Kyle, stay, 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 stay. 
But you know, maybe people who are like really into fashion, that's the thrill. But like for boring, boring corduroy boys like us, like I don't think there's any clothes that I can lock in a game where be like this. This is how I express. I have never once thought in my life that I express myself through my clothes, and maybe that's the ingredient that we're missing for not being more into costumes and games. What's on your shirt right now? It's expressive and colorful. There's Uh, some stuff going on. It's a Mexican honey uh, piece of artwork from a brewery. It's a certain type of beer in um, Minneapolis. So I guess I'm expressing. That's where you buy your shirts, Ben. Breweries? <laughs> yes, primarily. <laughs> Admittedly, for a time in college, I bought a lot of my shirts at breweries as well. <laughs> it's all I know. Yeah, Do they yeah. sell them other places? It's all I know. I've never yeah. heard of a store except A clothing for a store. <laughs> it's just all merch. That's it. <laughs> uh, Ryan writes in with a very similar question saying, why do so many games with deep character customization slash creators insist on using a singular, unchanging protagonist for marketing slash box art? The most recent example I've seen is Cyberpunk with Phantom Liberty. It also happens with Shepard and Mass Effect and The Hunter and Bloodborne, to name a few. It feels weird that I can look at the box art from Mass Effect 1 through 3 and say, that's Commander Shepard. He's an iconic video game character that most people recognize, even though my Shepard looked nothing like him. Am I crazy? Um, it is It is interesting. I think it's a real struggle for a game like Cyberpunk um, to emphasize your own player creation, but also we need to have key art. And as somebody who makes a lot of thumbnails... Um, for podcasts and YouTube and stuff, like I cannot stress enough the importance of having clear, recognizable key art. Like it is so rough when they announce a new game and there's just nothing to grab onto. And especially games where you can create your own character, it's like what I need to have a symbol or just a clear signal for we're talking about this game. Like that is what's going to pop. And it's just a sea of options. It's tough. So I understand it's messy. Like yeah, I look at male Shep. I don't know who that dude is. I've never met him before in my life, but I understand that he's almost the logo for Mass Effect at this point. I think you just got to do it if you're a game with deep customization just for the sake of branding. The funny thing about Cyberpunk is like they have so many V action figures. Right. That seemed misguided to me. It's like, I understand you want to get like merchandise out for Cyberpunk. It's going to, you know, at the time it was going to be this big hit. But it's like, I just don't think that that you can use the default character in the character creator. Yeah. You have to do the secondary characters for figures. It's just mm. like... Baldur's Gate 3 did that just recently. Like, their statue is is one of the monsters. And then, like, the Tav. Like, the basic character you could be. But I almost want it to be like, yeah, Carlac or Gale or someone. Because yeah. I know who they are. This is just, like, someone I didn't make. So who... <laughs> on my desk? Question mark? Yeah, it feels weird. I uh, I think I told you that story before, Kyle, but when I went to Bungie, maybe the first time for like, no, it would have been the second time, it would have been for Destiny the Taken King. Um, and they're like, hey, we got a present for you. Like, okay, what's this? It's always awkward. Um, and they made <laughs> action figures of our Destiny characters, our Destiny 1 characters, because oh, they got like, cool. they got our PlayStation usernames. They asked ahead of time. I was like, that's weird, but sure, here you go. And so that they're able so to like download, like, I know, but it, yeah. it was wild. <laughs> but then the embarrassing thing is like, I don't care what I look like in games, so I just look like an asshat. And I was like hot purple clothes with like green glowing <laughs> neon pants, like just whatever. Um, but and that's now, still a choice. I feel like you're like, oh, I don't make choices. I just go. But like that's still a choice. I guess though. the choice was I want to look as obnoxious as possible because I don't yeah. really care what my character looks that's like at this point in this one. I guess that's true. <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast, you get the idea. Um, and then I felt so bad because Miller, Matt Miller, who's on the trip, who's now the editor-in-chief of Game Informer, he's like, need to hang on to this forever. This is going to be worth a fortune. It's a custom Destiny doll. Like, I promise I will not hang on to it forever. I don't think it'll be worth a fortune. I, it's I, like too specific. But it's very, yeah. that's like, 
That is like so cool. I feel like that is the ideal of being able to get like your character. Like yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I think we auctioned off for extra thoughtful. life. Yeah. Do you remember that time Game Informer got a box of just terrible clothes and we all opened the box and laughed at it like who would wear these? And then as a joke, you took them home and wore them the next day. And then the whole after about like an hour in the morning, you're like, well, now I look like an asshole the rest of the day. Honestly, yes, because it pops up in my Google photos. Like, remember on this date seven years ago? It comes back to the Google photos. It's a picture of me like in the Game Informer bathroom taking a photo in the mirror of just like making a stupid duck face because it was like. It's like Jinx or some gamer logo was all like hardcore camo like gamer camo or something. Can you put this on the Instagram this week? Yeah, I suppose I probably could. But honestly, every time it pops up on Google Photos, I'm like, that's a weird joke for me to make. To make like a big joke about just dressing like an asshole for a day. <laughs> that seems uncomfortable now even to reflect Someone back on. Someone who owns on. that shirt will see it and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> maybe, you know what? Honestly, maybe I look better. I'm sure I did look more stylish and cool. So what's with the clothes, though? It's just like random clothes? Or the, was it yeah, merch from a game? Something? No, it was like, I don't know, a new gamer like a brand. gamer brand. They're like, yeah. hey, we have a hot new oh. line of gamer oh. clothes. And it's really, oh. <laughs> Okay. We Thank dress you. and sweat so different. We need special threads <laughs> to yeah. soak it all up. Uh, but it was a funny bit, Kyle. It was. I remember oh, it. It still makes me God, laugh. It God. makes me chuckle. I just, I just remember it like three o'clock in the afternoon. You editing at your desk, just clearly like what miserable. Am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you know when you wear your uh, Halloween costume to the office. It's like okay, it was fun for the first half an hour seeing everybody's, and now what have we done? Hey, which reminds me of Catherine Gilbert's uh, question saying, hey, everyone, what's the top Halloween costume this year? Last year, it was Wednesday from the Addams Family. But what do you all think it's going to be this year? I think Joel and Ellie will be popular because of the show. Oh, it's it's Ken from Barbie. It's it's going to be Ken. Yeah, it's going to be Ken. Yep, I think um, Barbie. (laughs) I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Alan's going to be huge from Barbie, too. Like, I think anything Barbie related. I'm going to say Alan Wake. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Hang on. Like a professor overcoat, you know, like cut out the elbows. You're good Wait. To go. The best part of Halloween is explaining who you are to everybody. Yeah. Like, and Haley, you like can you can conquer worst. all of the Halloween parties in Nova Scotia by going as Alan Wake, but it's a combination of the Barbie character Alan and oh. then Alan Wake. Just think, just think of it. Oh my God. Oh my God. That would be actually really cool. <laughs> we would think you're so cool. So which which part is which? I mean, you got to do the Alan shorts, right? And then the top right. half is Alan Wake, right? And then yeah. long, kind of messy hair. For Alan Wake. Yeah, and you have a flashlight but, and a bunch of Energizer batteries uh, that yeah. you're shoving into. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be tough to defeat Barbie. I didn't think of Last of Us yeah. though. That's that's probably going to be a biggie. That was this year. God, I forget. It feels like so I know, long ago. Forever ago. I hate that we're going to inevitably get the like the couple that dresses as Joel and Ellie, which is so uncomfortable. Like, can we not? Like, <laughs> and then they're at the, in the corner. They think no yes, one's you kiss know. each other. You, you're you like, know oh, what I'm talking about, Haley. You know exactly the problems. Yes. So this is unearthing. You're like, That's yes. not allowed. Your father and daughter. Yeah. Right now. Do, do you think I'll make Kyle Google it. But do you think there's like a thriving fan art community of like Jill and Oli? Jill and Oli. Uh, <laughs> let me Google it. Yes, of course there is. is there? Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, people you, in the back. You don't have to ask. Whatever you're thinking, there's a thriving community that yeah. ships it. No matter uh, how depraved and horrible it exists. Speaking of depraved and horrible, uh, Bobby Mack in the backstage pass, he points out that yeah, Mario is going to be big this year for costumes too. Like there's always, hey, we're the Mario Kart family. But this year, especially after the Mario movie, like that's going to be colossal. We're the Mario Kart family. You've never met a Mario Kart family? <laughs> They don't roam you, your neighborhoods. Do you plan, ben, do you plan on being a Mario Kart family? <gasps> no, but I was really excited because uh. we got like all of my kids' clothes are just like hand me downs for my sister. 
And so it's very fun because she's like, oh, here's a bunch of Halloween costumes uh, from my boys. Like, oh, awesome. Aww. So we're going through all of them. And it's very fun to get to choose it because we got options now. And it's like, okay, he can either be cute baby lion or baby skeleton. It's like, baby skeleton is the coolest. Oh, yes, baby yeah, skeleton. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Mr. Lion. But are you really excited for holidays now that you have a baby? Is it going to hit yeah. something different? Oh, probably. it is. It probably totally. like, reignites the are magic you, of youth. Are you yeah. a Go Meet Santa person? I haven't had to think about that yet. Personally or for my child? For your child. I mean, I think you're kind of old to meet Santa. No offense. I've never met the dude. Are you guys going to do Santa Claus? I don't don't think so. The way... We didn't. Santa's kind of scary is a thing. Because I was like opting out on him in general. Like he doesn't, he's not going to exist. You mean? Oh, that's another question. He, I was just no. He, I mean, he exists all. as oh. he exists as much as like Captain America exists. He's just a fictional character. Right. who's fun to. Oh. Yeah, hey, Captain America's real to me. All right. <laughs> I think I, I don't think Santa's we'll go to like at the mall. Santa seems no. like too much. But the way my family did it was my dad. Um, once, once I learned more about Santa Claus, my dad was like adamant where he's like, I never lied to you. I never lied. You just never asked. Like if you ever would have asked, I would have told you exactly what's I going like on. You would do though is the thing. Like you seem like a technicality. Mm, person. Yeah, I should have. I should have been more inquisitive even as a kid. Uh, Brady I just wonder if you're going to oh. get as into it as dipping your shoes in flour and stomping yeah, across. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are the, you going to be Santa? That's another thing, too. Like sometimes leaning sometimes into the, the parent is the Santa. That does, that's that's just stuff you got to clean up the next day. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. You think the kid would say, this is flour, not snow, also, if they thought for two freaking seconds. Are, the wolf knew. from Pulp Fiction? They're not, like, tasting everything. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Brady Griffith says, what do you think about the ethics of watching a single-player campaign on YouTube instead of buying the game? I played Mortal Kombat X and I found that I just don't really care for fighting games, but the story is interesting. Is it bad to watch the story from Mortal Kombat 11 and then Mortal Kombat 1 on YouTube instead of playing the game? I mean, no. I think you're no, okay. No, live your life. You live your life. You know, it'd be cool if you wanted to support them, but they're going to sell a gazillion copies. I think they, they'll be doing okay without you. That's the quid pro quo. They get free marketing and maybe someone else buys it, but you don't. Otherwise, you might have never heard about the game if that if a lot of people weren't watching it online. Right. They know that that's how it works. It's not like they're like, no, they want them people to make videos for yeah, you to watch. Yeah. Unless you're Nintendo, like 10 yeah. years ago, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, uh, which even they have somewhat eased up yeah. on oh, yeah. that stuff, which is like wild that they even have yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all because it's the thing is it's not the same as playing like yeah. it just isn't like you know like and it doesn't mean that it's less valid of a way to experience the game but it just isn't the same mm. thing it's like someone who wants to the whole point of this person's post is like i'm not gonna play it i'm not interested in it i just want to check out the story yep. like if, they, if it wasn't for youtube they're just reading it on wikipedia you know what i mean yeah, it's like they clearly do it. don't want to play it so it's not like oh I, you're not gonna meet the person who's like i was gonna buy it but because I saw a Let's Play, I decided now I no longer want to buy it. Like, that yeah. person doesn't exist. I have a weird relationship with Mortal Kombat 2 where, like, I I don't want to get good fighting a computer. Like, I'm happy to, like, build up my fighting game st- skills if I have, like, a friend who I can be competitive with, you know? But, like, when I played that game, bump that crap down to easy, fly through it. Like, I love that story, but, you know. So I feel like playing on easy for Mortal Kombat 1, like, it's not that far away from just watching it on YouTube, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, uh, but it rules. Uh, Hugo Pereira writes in and says, since we were robbed, thanks to Patreon supporters, of another episode of Haley's Laws, Claws and Claws, I know. <laughs> I'd love to hear her thoughts on the Unity's resolution and walkbacks, especially in regards of the fact they're now saying the terms of service you're bound to are the ones shipped with the version of Unity you're using and what happens retroactively if they change that verbiage down the line? 
Okay, there's a lot here, Haley. We talked about it um, and how stupid of a thing this was um, a while back on the podcast. They've walked it back to the point of, do you remember all the details? What are they saying now? Uh, I was reading it before this. Um, So now they're saying the fee no longer applies to Unity personal users, and then Unity Pro and Enterprise developers have the option to avoid the charge in exchange for 2.5 revenue share instead of a flat time fee. So you have an option to choose between like the lesser of the two. And now it's self-reported revenues, which I thought was a huge thing because before they were like, trust us, bro, on the numbers. (laughs) We have a proprietary number crunching software and you can never check our numbers. It's weird that they used bro in the legalese. That was like a big red flag. I'm not a lawyer, but like that's Kind of made me like them a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Quid po bro. The kind of terms you could have a beer with, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So what do you think, Haley? Uh, Mission accomplished? Everything's good? and juicy now um i mean it's better but they like did so much brand harm like the whole with these kind of when you're a software for a service one of the biggest values you can have is people trusting your product right like especially if it's a format where they're paying to stay with you long term or they could leave at any time and stop paying it's not like a one-time fee where you get unity forever like you theoretically have to keep paying to keep the service going if you they're not going to trust them as much anymore really because yeah. all it's saying is that they're willing to be that volatile if they are trapped in a corner like if their value keeps going down what's to say in a year from now they feel like they have to do now it's just the the flat fee because we need to to stay alive like they yep. just do that again right and the only reason they're backtracking now is because people got so pissed if no one had said anything then we they would have just this would have been what they're doing and they didn't it's not the thought that they we're getting away with something. They just didn't understand their marketability to the fact that they're like, this should work. And it's like, have you, do you, you exist in this space with the rest of us. You know, this is a completely insane way to try to charge your users. It doesn't make any sense. If they had just done the 2.5 rev share up front, again, none of us would have talked about it because yeah. that's what everyone else does because it's predictable. And you can kind of think about it in the long term and pitch it to a publisher and say, I'm using Unity, so minus 2.5% deduction right away. And they go, okay, cool. Instead of, we might have this be a thing, question mark. Maybe we'll have to pay Unity. Like, they don't want to know that. They want to know exactly how much is getting deducted from yep. day one. Otherwise, they won't work with you. And the fact that they're, yeah, I do like the fact that you're the one reporting the numbers, not them. But still, it's just it's just because they got in trouble. And it's just because people got <laughs> mad. That's yeah. an illegal term. You get in trouble. I say that with my dog. Sorry. That's just like leaked out of my well, brain. Well, John Riccatello. No, it's perfect. Yeah, it feels like about the same level of intelligence as your That's dog good. at this point. It, it was bizarre. <laughs> we did, um, we streamed, uh, we had Cream of the Steam, our show. We brought that back from the Minimax studio uh, and it's up on Minimax's YouTube channel if you want to check it out. But, you know, it, that's just us jumping through dozens and dozens of new indie games on Steam. And it, it made me wince every time at the boot up screen where there's the Unity logo. It's like, oh my God, yeah. like all these people are now scared uh, for the future of game development. They're going to have to jump to a different engine if they want to feel like they're well, on what, solid ground. Yeah, what made me really upset, like from a personal standpoint, is because I, I was getting emails from clients who were like, Haley, oh my God, what does this mean? Like, like they were, oh, it, like real people are frightened. Like, it sucks because they've been grinding for four years by themselves, working really hard, making something cool. They're just getting close to releasing it, and now this happens. Like, that yeah. must be the most kick in the butt way to wake up and look at Twitter and realize that, oh my God, I might lose so much money just from one company deciding something. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, it's like frustrating a- that. I just think in the long term, I think they did too much damage for them to completely bounce back. But obviously, this is way better now that it's a rev share option, not flat fee. Yeah. It's like if Patreon charged us for every download all of a sudden, be like, wait, what? Like, how does Oh my this- God. What a nightmare. Why did you even mention Ridiculous. that? Ridiculous. Don't, do, don't do a Patreon, please. Uh, Danger Zone writes in. They say, Howdy, y'all. 
I love this type of submission. I truly love it. There's no question here. It's just good info. They say, howdy, y'all. Does anyone still claim the Epic Game Store is free games every month? Uh, I haven't no. for a long time. Uh, I never really if, did. if I see a tweet that's like, hey, this is free, and it's like a game that I'm like interested in, I'll go grab it. But it's not like a destination for me every month or anything. So, no. so Danger Zone says they're currently giving out three to four games every month. I have been regularly claiming all of the games that are free since December of 2018. Granted, I've missed a few months here and there, but my current count in my Epic library is 290 games. And, wow. and only 12 of them I paid for. I feel like this That's was a amazing. big deal when it was announced, and I really can't believe they are still doing this. It feels like another Game Pass for me. Some notable games that have been given away for free are Death Stranding, The Bioshock Collection, Remnant 1, Star Wars Squadrons, Control, Neo 1 and 2, The Arkham Trilogy, Sims 4, Subnautica. It's awesome. It's like, good job, Danger Zone, for staying on top of that, and now you just have an awesome library of PC games to go to. 290! It's ridiculous. See, that's that seems like Epic needs to be doing more to push those notifications out to us to be like, you want Death Stranding? Here it is for free. Right. I didn't know that. But it's like that weird thing of maybe they don't want to message it too much. It's like, hey, it's here. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure uh, Kojima would be like, shut up, if they're just like blasting it into everybody's PC. Like, get it for free, get it for free, you know? I think it's just that, like, for me, I'm not a big PC gamer. Sure. Like, I do, like, and when I do play on my PC, I tend to, like, be more on Steam. So that's really just why I haven't claimed them mm, as yeah. much. But. Uh, let's see. We got Drake Heinhorst writes in. They say, hey, Min Max, excited to hear you discuss Alan Wake this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as it is probably my favorite game of the 360 generation. I have a journal where I hand wrote every page of the first game's manuscript, character details, plot synopsis, control connections, loose threads, and theories for the sequel. Overall, a couple hundred pages, and I'm ready to document the sequel next month. I hope that we get a, yeah. I hope we get a deepest dive. Vote for it, Drake. You can make it happen, but you only get one vote, on, despite being pull a super fan. For Drake, you guys, come on! You heard that? You're not gonna pull through for Drake. <laughs> come on. Owen McCarter writes in and says, "Hey crew, what is the absolute?" <laughs> it is funny. It's funny that it's just descended into us begging for people to vote for Alan Wake too. <laughs> but I, I would be delighted by Spider-Man too. I'd be delighted by Wonder. To be very clear, I will, I'm, I'm impartial for Spider-Man too. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Owen McCarter writes in. They say, hey, crew, what is the absolute worst DLC you've ever played? I'm not talking cosmetic packs, etc. Something that added a new gameplay, some new gameplay to the base game. Um, gosh, is it 2008? The Prince of Persia? That's what that's what we colloquially call it. Yeah, right? with like Prince the Persia ending Germany. was DLC. Is that what it was? Yeah, there, there was this fantastic <sighs> ending. That I adore. I adore the ending of the base game. It really is. I'm not going to go into what it was, uh, but it was like controversial. There were people that didn't like it. um, And as a result, they they did. They released a a story DLC that basically undid it. And I just that sucks. It always bums me out so much. It was such like a brave ending to do the game, to end the the game the way it did. I would like I would relate it to like the ending of The Last of Us. Okay, felt closer to that. And then the and then the DLC just kind of undid it because they they backed oh. down after a bunch of people complained. Specifically, I remember Greg Miller at IGN complaining a lot about it. Yuck! Uh, and I'll never forgive him for that. Yuck! It, you know, like that was a great ending. Um, so that's that's my answer. Yeah, the Prince of Persia 2008 DLC. I can't. It's interesting to think. Do they like, changed it because of Greg Miller specifically? Let's <laughs> hey, man, he's he's like, he was a loud voice. Heat on us, you know. He's a loud man. He was always he's he's loud now. He was loud at IGN. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like that's all it takes to crumble. Maybe yeah. we don't deserve a good narrative. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because usually DLC is, if they're going to put the effort, it's usually kind of good. So it's actually, yeah. I'm finding, having a hard time thinking of an example. I just rarely Same. play I like the pool DLC. you had, Kyle, though. Like, I, I think that's wild. I don't know about the ending, so I can't say whether or not, like, narratively or whatever, but that's that's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, Connor McCabe writes in and says, Hey, Ben, Kyle, Janet, and Haley. Um, bam, 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 bam. That's us. Um, here's a question for the four of you and nobody else. How often do you actually save and quit in modern single-player games instead of just putting your console to sleep? I do it every time because yeah. I have anxiety. Yep, I can't. I can't handle it. Yeah. Like, it freaks I me cannot. out. I've gotten burned a couple times with updates, and now if I'm not at a save point, I just, I feel, I feel like something's wrong with the world. It's like, I have a weird thing, too. Like, I can't lock my phone unless I'm back on the start home screen. Oh, that's... I feel that. I do that, too. It kind really? of feels like the same thing. Like, it just... I feel like something's lingering in the electronic I mean, space it. if I oh, have not no, saved no, no, again. No, 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 See, now you, like... I feel like you gave that to me now. I could. You know what I mean? Like, you good. passed it through, like, the Discord waves. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I, I look down for a second. I don't like that that happened. I, I uh, lately a lot of the I, what I do is I I save and then I close the game and like don't don't put it in standby Whoa. I just fully turn off yeah. the system what? just to give it a nice reset same, for next time I want to start playing. I never leave my put my console to sleep like you know how like back yeah. in the day and by back in the day I mean like two years ago or whenever the <laughs> PS5 came out when they're like there's a thing where if you put it to sleep sometimes the whole thing gets corrupted and like yeah. watch out like. I don't put stuff to sleep like sometimes I'll accidentally put it to sleep like I'll forget to turn it off and it goes to sleep. And that's why I get like a million of those. Like the PlayStation's like, excuse me, I could have died. And I'm like, right. calm down, PlayStation. <laughs> so dramatic. Always with the dramatic, me? you know, in my Tony <laughs> Soprano voice. Yeah. But um, also, by the way, I love how the Xbox, you can unplug it in the middle of it saving and you turn it back on. It's like, yeah, I'll just pick up where we left off. Yeah, it's exactly. It just isn't, you know, it's qu- <laughs> you want a beer? But, like I, I pretty much always I don't quit the game. I just um, I save and then I like go to the home and then I close the software. Whoa, that's really interesting for lies of P because they like berate you about quitting the game. They're like, make sure you quit like because that's the only way to like actually save it in a sense. Or like if you don't hit quit, it won't like you're kind of rolling the dice on whether or not it saves or not. So now I I do that specifically for that game only because it's like the only game that seems to care that I, <laughs> I mean, that's, hit quit. That's like, I don't know. It's like, I guess you could call it a mechanic from Dark Souls. It's like one of the yeah, many things it? it took from Dark Souls. It's like, make sure you quit properly. It's like, all right, what do you think I'm doing here? Do you like, think, okay, so Kyle, do you think that's like literally like baked in there or do you think it's like an aesthetic? Like they're like, it doesn't really matter. But like, I, honestly, I, like, I don't know. Those games, they're, they're so concerned with uh, balance that they, I think they just want to make sure that you are fully quitting the game when you're done playing, so that you're not ax- so there's not you haven't figured out some way to like dupe items or something like that. Oh, um, no. but that's just conjecture. I don't, I have no idea. Okay, no, you heard it here first. There so it is. Everyone, <laughs> take that and write write your article. Go in the CMS right now. <laughs> I fully shut down my console too because I, I went my grim. My grandmother in Florida knows a family whose whose house actually burned down because of an Xbox. Like that's oh. what caused the fire. And I always think about that, and I always say. I'm going to be that family story to someone else. I'm going to turn off my PlayStation. Like, I just, I've just yeah, always I thought off, about I it. I turn off everything. Like, literally, I had this conversation yesterday with my boyfriend, Isaiah, because I'm like, hey, is there a reason that you leave the light on when you leave the room and you're not going back to it? Like, what's up with that? You know? And he's like, oh, like, what? That's the one, like, that's not why our power bill is so high. And I'm like, it's not, but, like, what's going on here? You know, I grew up in, like, <laughs> an old 
older school Mexican household. Like you have to turn off everything. You couldn't leave anything on. We didn't even use run the AC. Like it was hot. Go to the basement. You know what I mean? So it's like I still have that toxicity. Like everything gets shut down. Like I turn off my computer. Like completely when I'm done using it. Like everything's off. Everything's off. Uh, speaking of everything off, everything's going down apparently. Think according to the backstage pastors. First of all, apparently Valve dropped Counter Strike Two today, as of the time <laughs> yeah. of this recording, which is yeah, wild. I noticed oh. that too. Yeah. Uh, but then Truffaut at the backstage pass uh, level, watching us live, he says, "Hey, uh, according to Bloomberg News and Jason Schreier, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan is stepping down." Uh mm. that's that is pretty bold. That's strange. Curious to see what comes of that. That's a huge shakeup. I mean, that's the equivalent of Phil Spencer stepping down, you know? Like, not not the most beloved man in the game industry, uh, Jim Ryan. Every time he's on a state of play, it's always like, ah, okay. Uh, but that, I mean, that is huge repercussion. That's Get the gorilla be... guy up there. <laughs> Please, Herman. I mean, maybe Herman's going to be ascending to his position. I, sure. I am really curious to see what happens there. But, all right, stay tuned, everybody. Uh, also, uh, Hideki Kamiya left Platinum Games uh, since the last podcast, which is also a pretty wild thing of just a legendary figure leaving. And then tweeted a picture of a hole in his underwear or something. What? Very funny. Not not like not like a, an inappropriate picture, but like yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Kamiya, right. it turns out he's kind of a strange, funny guy. All right, uh, Jim Ryan. Yeah, I'm just seeing Bloomberg reporting. He also tweeted a picture of a hole in his underwear. That's really interesting. <laughs> what is weird. this? It just says "peace out" with the <laughs> peace sign emoji. <laughs> they exercise their stock options and rip their underwear and That's run right. away. <laughs> uh, Sly Cut. Speaking of stepping down, says hello everybody. On a not-too-long-ago show, uh, you jokingly mentioned reading everyone's Last Will and Testament as a new show plus option. It got me curious, though. What would happen to Minmax if Ben died? Kyle. <laughs> I was curious this to is, hear your answer for this. Yeah. This is the first question I've seen in the Slack. Oh, God, it happened live. It. <laughs> well, um... Well, what do we do? We gotta have know. fun. Let's go to the afterlife. <laughs> If you so oh sick. my gosh, he's really committed he's really here. Leaning into uh, the bit. He, oh, you You're wanted us? To oh, this, there then. he's giggling. Don't laugh. Uh, oh no, he's dead. Okay. Uh, no, I mean Ben, you're the only one that can answer this question. Yeah, I, don't know. I can't. I'm dead in this ideas, hypothetical, dude. Okay, would you want Min Max to continue? Have you not prepared though for this? For like, there's nothing in writing about this. I've thought about it. Yeah, there's nothing so what, in writing. Would you like? Would you want? Thought your thoughts. Well, here, if I could die right now, right now. And so I wouldn't be able to volunteer my thoughts. So it's up to you to figure out what would happen. What That's would... not what the question was, though. It's like, what would happen? Like, okay. You... You but... How about you let us know if we're right or wrong? Okay, I, would, sure. I would assume you would want MinMax to keep going. Oh, no. Okay. Put the Patreon okay, wait, in my grave. <laughs> okay. So I feel like it goes one of two ways. Like, there's, like, a main way. There's, it continues or it doesn't continue. And I'm thinking that if it doesn't continue, you set either calendar year or three to six months and say like like you know someone puts it up at, on your behalf because you're dead and they're like hey minmax is ending we're shutting down the patreon in three to six months or end of the calendar year whichever you choose if y'all want to keep supporting just to like support either your family or like us hmm. as we transition to other things you can but either way we're going to end it in three to six months like hard stops so that you don't keep like giving your mind to nothing and then you can either put it to go to your wife and then she can just decide if it just is all for like you know, family stuff, or if she, you know, chooses to, like, divvy it amongst us, that's, like, within her right. Or you could choose to give it to just, like, 
us and like we just split whatever's left like equally or something like that for whatever remains as we transition into anything else. I mean, most of you're the only one that full, is full time anyway, so it's yeah. really more side what, why, money for everybody else. My, like inherently, why wouldn't you? And then keep the other going? option is it just dies with you. Like you, I don't know. You guys close it like kind of immediately, and whatever money remains, I imagine would go to your wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so technically, legally, I guess my wife would own MinMax at that point. I mean, she already does, yeah. you know, which is, it's a weird idea. But so I'd imagine it would be reaching out to her to say what, what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, why would it In stop? these trying times? I mean, I'd let her reach out to me. Like, I'm not going to hit up your, your morning wife. No. Like, hey, we rode jet skis that one time. Sorry, your husband died. Like, hell no. She has my information. She can hit us up if sure. she needs to. Like, it, it's it's a Ben Hansen endeavor. And I, it's, you know, I, it's your That's legacy. I don't know if you'd legacy. want to keep going without you. I assume you would, though. Like, if, if I didn't have the chance to ask you, I would think Ben would want this thing to keep going and we'll keep it going. Right. And, yeah, who and one of us would step up to. and sort of take control i guess and become the new full-time person i don't know who that would be it'd be like succession there's no doubt about it Uh, um (laughs) no yeah i would absolutely want to keep going there's a reason it's not called ben hansen enterprises or something it's like please really because we had to talk you out of that at the i really wanted it 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 did get pretty heated uh no i absolutely want to to be ben hansen enterprise (laughs) and like i remember in the past a while ago thinking about it you know Thinking about your immortality. Number one question is, where do I go? Number two question is, what happens to this freaking Patreon? Um, no, but it was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Leo could just handle all production and then Jeffum could handle business stuff. Like, that made sense to me. But now, I think if I died, it's like, Leo, handle all production for MinMax. I think he'd put a bullet in his head and join me. Uh, so I don't think That's he would really want scary. to. Um, and I mean, so, I volunteer. If you, want, if you want to write that down somewhere, I'll... Uh... Okay. I'll make it my new full-time job. Okay, we're noted. tackling this question as if you died naturally, but what if you were murdered? How oh. do we approach it? And and every other person at Midmax was a suspect. Is that what you're saying? Yes. We'd yeah. have to do a trivia tower style show to figure out who it was because it's probably a different Deep outlet. To find yeah. It's like the the murder of Sonic, which I still want to get to because it right. came out this year as well. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's right? a weird thing to think about. I'm not hallucinating, right? That was this year. I'm no. Pretty- so yeah, I don't. I'd probably just leave it all to Sonic. I agree with Janet. Um, no, yeah, I would, I would want it. New show plus figuring out who's in charge once Ben dies. Yeah, I think you'd use my salary and give that to a new production person and then keep it rolling. I do just think like Kyle's a good like, fit for it, though. Like, sure. I think that makes sense because it's like, I just feel like that makes sense. So like, Kyle. I don't think no, I need to go further. I, I, no, no, I hear it. If I, the other dad. You know, get the other dad in so there. Well, saying, well, dad just, too. The Game Informer, like, history. Like, you guys have, like, this, like, close, like, you know, professional and personal relationship. You've, you're have you kind of in a leadership role already at Game Informer, so it just feels like you have, like, a sense of those but, aspects. But, like, it seems like it leans into your career style. But speaking of career, I mean, I get hit by a bus tomorrow. You quit Game Informer then, Kyle? I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. So you're gonna. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to put that on out there in the. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who's. Yeah. You know, the ops could be listening to this right now. Like, mm-hmm. Kyle is fully committed to everything that he is hired to do anywhere. All hail He GameStop. puts himself so deeply into his work. Yep. Uh, I've okay. always said the worst thing about Kyle is that he works too hard. That's um, right. For the yeah, people that he works right. for. Yeah. You don't have to DM that to me every week, Janet. I know. Yeah. That's I was like, wow. Like he's always going above and beyond repping the brand. Like his loyalty is so unbelievable. Core corporate. That is. Uh, it's unfathomable to imagine him anywhere else but if i had to i guess it'd be here no i, I would want it to keep going and then just divvy it up and try to make it work in a paternity leave style way i think is the best best case scenario all right 
Godspeed. I'll be I'll be looking up up at you and smiling every day. How everybody. long do you think we'd have to explain that Ben is dead for if he died? Like two commenters on like <laughs> enter the internet. Like, hey, we haven't seen Ben in a while. Oh, like, that uh. would be uh, yeah. I think at least like a year and a half. Probably before people really like it's fully out there that he's no longer. This isn't a bit. Just don't do it, Ben. Just okay. Don't. Sure. Just listen to that. Ben, what's your phone, favorite you know? food? Because if you do die, I'd like to put you on the ofrenda, and I need your favorite food to do that. Oh, really? Oh, uh, chocolate yeah. chip banana bread. Are you serious? Yeah. That sounds delicious. It's the uh, number one thing you can done. put in your mouth. Uh, Philip Mendoza writes in, says, Hey, my next crew, <laughs> on an episode, interesting, on an episode before Hanson <laughs> left on maternity leave, he mentioned him and his wife were creating bulk meals, so when the baby arrives, they'd be ready uh, and have these pre-made meals. Hanson also mentioned he was playing a joke on a future Hanson by writing cursed <laughs> on one of the burritos. My question is, <laughs> my question is twofold. Hanson, how did that joke play out? Um... I said, hey, where was that cursed burrito? I wrote cursed on one of these burritos as a joke. And my wife said, yeah, I saw that. I ate it. I said, Did you laugh? She goes, no. I said, okay. <laughs> well, that's about it. Uh, oh, also, man, that's so funny, though. Like, I don't know. I she's like, used to she, that kind of level She of loves antics. that level of antics. Uh, also, have you had a time where, quote, past you has played a prank slash sabotaged purposefully or by accident set future you up for success? So have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever messed with a future version of you? Pro- Have you ever written cursed on a burrito and then right, eaten right. it later is the question, which it's, is really specific. Well, yeah, you get the idea. Have you ever done something and be like, this is a fun prank that I'll have to deal with in the future? Or this is setting I mean, me up for success in the future. Here we go. I kind of do that every night because I have that revenge bedtime problem. Yeah. Like where you, oh. you, you're dreading work tomorrow or you're dreading responsibility, but I'm still awake now, so I'll stay awake late. And it's like I have more time to myself, but then you ultimately just feel gross tomorrow. I do that pretty much every night. Yeah. yeah. For years. My, yeah. my equivalent of that, I think, is like, you know, okay, I've had some beers and now I just want a snack. And so now it's like, let me, let me just eat the grossest crap in this house and just shove as much in my mouth as possible. Um, and then a future me will have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Eating is just future me hating me, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> um, I had an old roommate uh, named Joe. Last name, I'm not going to give you, Kyle. Stop pestering me. Kyle. Anyways, hey, he had a thing where <laughs> when he would get drunk, well, basically it was like. I'm scared. I forget if I found them or he just warned me about it. But he had a thing where he would get really drunk and then he would hide his glasses to act as a prank for future Joe. So he's like, yeah, if you find my glasses in the freezer, um, that's just me messing with myself when I wake up in the morning if I've been really drunk. Which is like, that just blew my mind. Like, what are you doing, dude? He has like a Moon Knight moment, basically. (laughs) The worst, most boring episode of Moon Knight is hiding his glasses. Yeah, That actually, I think, would have been better than the rest of the episode. (laughs) Moon Knight, hey. I liked Moonlight. I don't know. Ethan Hawke? I like the first episode or two. Uh, Janet, we need to watch Boyhood soon. Anyways, uh, Travis, I know, I know. Travis and Fargo writes in to say, "What's a word that sounds super appetizing but has nothing to do with food?" MacGuffin always makes me hungry for a breakfast <laughs> sandwich. That's a really good one. <laughs> I I like this question. Um, I just heard Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. I think it was him in an interview. He said, "I like pizza so much, I get excited when I see the word plaza." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I've I never connected with something so more." Funny. Yeah, he's That's great. It. Um, also, uh, shout out, instead of, a uh, you know, miss joke opportunities, everybody please just submit your favorite one-liner from a comedian. Uh, that'll be a good opportunity on the podcast. Just submit over there on Patreon. We'll read it if it's funny. 
Um, Ron writes in, says, hello, MinMax. After completing my previous BetterQuest goal of finally getting my uh, Bachelor of Science degree in plant science, congratulations. Uh, you're rooted for success. Uh, he says, I now have a new goal. I recently... We're trying to avoid those missed joke opportunities. Yeah. It is a joke opportunity you should have taken. That's a new category. Um, I recently started... <laughs> that actually would be funny if people write in with that. This wasn't good. You shouldn't have said that. Well, I guess that's yeah. every comment on YouTube. So. It really is. Yeah. yeah Check it out. There's a lot of them. It's great. I recently started a job in agriculture and I needed to learn Spanish. So I've been using Duolingo for the past three days. And as my new goal, I want to get a year-long streak and become somewhat mm. fluent fluent in Spanish. Keep up the good work. Same to you, Ron. Way to go. That's sweet. Cool. Uh, Jared Piers writes and says, Hey, Max, since it released on PS5, I've been playing Baldur's Gate with my wife, and it made me realize, this is interesting, that most co-op-focused games have got it completely wrong. Most co-op games focus on having multiple characters that work together to solve a problem, but they should be focusing on being able to solve separate problems with as little interaction with each other as possible. Both my wife and I are completely self-sufficient in Baldur's Gate, and we each get to have our own little victories and moments of discovery while sharing info if we need to and grouping up to take down the bigger challenges. I think that's my ideal co-op experience. That you're, I guess that's an MMO, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true, but even then, it's like you're normally questing together, but I love that because like, co-op design 101 is like, oh, isn't it kind of fun if we work together on this little project? But you're right, like that is so much more interesting in Baldur's Gate of like, no, go out and have your own adventure and merge when you need to, but the more it can push you to have separate adventures while playing co-op, the better. That's funky. And that game's great because your weird, wacky thing affects something else happening across the map. And you're like, wait, did you give that hag this or not? And I did. Oh, and then over there, something else happens because right. they did that. Like that, that lends very well to that kind of gameplay. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Ock asks, when was the last time you were nervous? Like all the time. All nervous like all day. the time, every day. I, uh, maybe not every day, but uh, it's usually like if there's I don't know something I have to do, like a, a level of performance. Uh, sometimes it can be randomly for like podcasts I regularly do, which is weird. Where it's like this is just a regular show. Sure. Um, most recent, probably like the, being at the dentist. I didn't realize yeah. I'm afraid of the dentist until I went again as an adult and was like, I guess I maybe always was afraid of this and just forgot <laughs> that I was afraid. <laughs> So now you're nervous so, going into it for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate everything about it. I would I would love to just be knocked out for all of it. Mm. Everything. It would be nice. X-ray, everything. Don't I don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we all of this generation particularly like have like, you know, kind of daily social anxieties and various anxieties and stuff. But the last like sort of this is a weird thing to say, I suppose, but like typical nervous I was mm-hmm. was uh, we went to Disney World recently, which was a blast at a great time. And um, but we don't we're not really big as a family. We're just not big ride people. We don't do like roller coasters and stuff like that. But we all kind of banded together and we're like, we're going to do one big one. And it was the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot, which is like the newest, biggest, most modern, like contemporary roller coaster. And it was like we were all standing in line together uh, and we were like, you know, I was genuinely nervous. I was like, is this a mistake? Is my kid going to like. Is this going to be like a scarring memory for her, like getting <laughs> oh, on this no. roller coaster? Um, but and 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 but then we we and we did like the fast pass stuff, so we didn't have to wait too long, mm-hmm. which was like a blessing because I think there's a chance that like we might have backed out. Whoa! Um, like if we didn't get to be get like right on the ride, but it was it ended up being like very cool, and I'm glad that that was the one that we picked to be like, all right, we're going to do one big one. And it's this one because it's like a really fantastic ride and it like blasts or in our case, at least there's a couple different songs that'll play. It blasted uh, 
Tears for Fears, everybody wants to rule the world okay, while you're fun. on this like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. That's very cool. And even my my daughter was young, like she walked off the ride and she was like, "That song was really good." Ooh, <laughs> like right? she was like that that really. So it was like, and uh, but it, it, so that was the last time I was kind of like traditionally nervous. Was like waiting, watching the the sort of the cars like fly off into the distance <laughs> as they like carted up loads of people. Oh. It, was, it was really cool. Oh yeah, amusement park nervousness. I guess is a is a certain blend. Uh, I guess, like, for me, I guess, like, really nervous, obviously, is like, hey, uh, the baby was coming out um, that, yeah. that day. Uh, we, <laughs> That's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, that whole, we unpack that, that on, yeah. on party right, chat. Yeah, down. exactly. It's like nothing uh, else I is really I have fair. real problems right because my PC sounds like it's going to explode. I heard that. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't say anything because I didn't want to, Are you like, driving you know. an Alan Wake? What are you doing? I heard uh, no, I think before. Discord's canceling it out, so. It's like, at one point, I heard, like a like a like, a sound, and I'm like, if yeah, it, my partner across crazy. the way was like, you know, like, even he heard it in our kitchen, and it's it's making the weird sound. I'm just kind yeah, of like, it kind of sounds like a, like a like a sick cat or something. Yeah, if it yeah, is, yeah, I'm just gonna mute in between talking. I suppose. All right. get out of the car and Alan Wake, and go get into like a small cabin so it doesn't have to render as much. That's smart. If it explodes, Haley, uh, we'll carry on Min Max without you. I promise. Um, I'll go down with the ship. Okay. <laughs> it's just shrapnel from a GPU. We'll split up the white claws, <laughs> like which among ourselves. I uh, I noticed when I'm really nervous, and it was weird because I I didn't seem nervous going into like the hospitals. Like, okay, I feel pretty good. I feel ready. My body isn't showing like huge signs of anxiety clearly or anything. But I realized then I was just like talking just in a normal way. But I was just stumbling over my words and like combining words in a weird way. And I noticed there's another time. We had an interaction with police years ago where also mm. I was just, my words were just like, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's a weird sign of being nervous that I, even if I feel like, I think I'm normal, my tongue is just like, you are not normal right now. Your body's falling apart. It's a weird sign, you know? Uh, Harry S. writes in, says, a while ago, someone wrote in about a wild coincidence. And Ben said, if anyone else had any more wild coincidences to send them in. So here's mine. I got an Instagram ad for a band whose names sounded vaguely familiar, and when I looked them up, I realized they were a band I'd followed on Facebook back in 2014 after I saw them busking in New York, or sorry, York, shortly after moving there from Ireland. I mainly had only followed them because one of the members smiled at me and he and I thought he was cute. I mentioned this in passing in my writing group's Discord, and my friend asked if the band was King No One. I said it was, and asked how she knew, and she replied, because I also visited York in 2014 and also saw them busking and also thought the guy was cute, and he also (laughs) smiled at me. So we were likely in the same city around the same time and had identical experiences with the same band six years before we'd ever met each other. So he's just smiling at everybody is the thing. This guy must be the cutest charmer in York. I cannot believe uh, the smiley lad over there. Great coincidence. I love it. Thank you for writing in. Kyle, this is a boring one, I think, but rate this coincidence, please. My wife and I, uh, a while ago, were going to a restaurant. We were walking to a restaurant, and we're literally walking out of my house to go to the restaurant, and I said, you know what we need? Like, the one thing we're missing in our house is an industrial broom. Like, I'm talking one of those wide brooms so I can, like, sweep out the garage when it's got a bunch of leaves in there and stuff, um, or just sand and dirt. And so we talked about, like, I, don't, I was like, I don't know, where do I get an industrial broom? Where's the closest place I could pick up one of those? We then went to the restaurant, ate, walked out, and then leaning against a tree as we're walking out of the restaurant was an industrial broom. Like, one of those wide brooms. And there were people eating outside, and they're like, 
because we were like talking about a broom, having a riveting conversation about like, what are the odds? There's a broom right here. How often do you see these just out in the wild? And then somebody sitting there was like, yeah, it, it literally fell off like a car going by. And I know that's an expression, but like literally it happened. And then somebody in the street ran out and <laughs> that, got it and put it there. And that so, boosted up higher, I think. Yeah, that's good. So then I just grabbed it and then got to walk home with an industrial broom, which is probably the wrong way to phrase that. I don't even know. What do you call yeah, one of those a, wide it's brooms? It's a good thing that you found one because they're expensive. Is that right? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I would actually give that like a like a like a eight or a nine. All out right. Of 10. Okay. Thank if it you. was if it was just if it hadn't fallen out of the car, I think it would be like a six or a seven. But yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, all right. I think that's it for questions. Anybody got a favorite? Some that stands out. I mean, I do have a weird coincidence that I always. Oh yeah, like, please, please. Very weird. Yes. Um. Well, my partner and I figured out we met a bunch of times before we actually started dating like oh, very fun. quickly. Like he took my ID once when I got into a bar, and then another time. Uh. I was working retail and he was working for our downtown city. He came and gave me a bunch of pamphlets, but we were both dating other people at the time. So like your brain's not like, Oh, let's keep chatting. I was like, thanks. He's like, okay. And like walked away. So like we didn't talk there, but the craziest one was um, on our, the night of our first date, I went to go do trivia at apparently the place where he usually does trivia. And and I, and I was meeting him after and I went in, I was doing trivia and they were like, um, Hey, like, I'll be the one uh, hosting trivia tonight. Like, shout outs to, to Michael. Like, he can't make it because he's going on a date tonight. And I, and I was with my sister and my friend. I was like, that's the guy I'm going on a date with in like an hour. And they're like, what? That and so funny. when I went to see him, I was like, do you do trivia at King's? He's like, yeah, every, like all the time. But obviously, we're hanging out tonight. I was like, I was just there and they said your name. And Announced it, like, it over the radio. That's yeah, such so a funny. weird thing. That's, that's really good. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, Ben, but like, that blew your broom story out of the water. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but where do you buy a broom? Okay, yeah, no, you got it, Haley. Way to go. Uh, That's really cool. It turns out my wife and I, before we met, we went to the exact same show of Hamilton in Minneapolis. We found out, like, same time, same show. We sat, like, a couple rows away from each other. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a oh, pretty that's weird fun. one. So now when people ask where we met, we just, we just say Hamilton. It's better than, I don't know, some online forum thing. It's such a millennial answer that I say you met at Hamilton. Oh, really? It's oh also God. not cool? Yeah. Okay, Cupid is cooler than that? Is that? Um, <laughs> all right. Question of the week. Um, I hate that app so much. It was so bad. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, let's see. Oh, we're yeah, we're definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, even though we didn't have a great answer for it, I thought the Baldur's Gate co-op thing was interesting. I like the worst DLC I like people in the chat are liking the death. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of morbid. It's interesting. It is. It is the best question of the week. It was a talker. Yeah, Haley, how do you feel about death? Terrified, but I did like that question. Great. So let's reward it. <laughs> Sly cut. Congratulations, you doomhound yourself. You just won uh, the Mario Brothers cassette, the perfect companion piece to thinking about death. Uh, now it's time for something we call get a load of death. <laughs> The PSP game? That's right. Death Play Jr. rock metal here. Rock metal. Here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I'll go first. Um, uh, look, there's an old Apple II game. It's, it started on the Atari, but I played a lot on Apple II. It's genuinely one of like the most important kids for me as a kid. It was my Mario. And it's called Boulder Dash. I don't know. Does anyone know Boulder yeah. Dash? Okay, great. Okay, great. I, I'm almost, yeah. Like you're, I, let me look it up. It's I'm a little dig sure um, anyways, it was an awesome game back in the Apple II, and I was just looking up, like, is there any, like, making of Boulder Dash? Is there any documentary about Boulder Dash online? And there's a YouTube channel called Slopes Game Room that made just a, 
hour-long documentary on the full history of Boulder Dash. And it's one of those things of like, I'm so glad somebody else made this so I didn't have to pour 100 hours into making it myself. But I really enjoyed it. There's a link below if you want to learn the full history of this and how it interconnects with Dig Dug. And it was originally called Pitfall, which is weird huh. uh, compared to the Activision games. It's like so. uh, Sucker Punch's Un- Uncharted game. Right, right, <laughs> right, where they wanted to call uh, their game Uncharted before Uncharted existed. Um, yeah, but that's it for me. Uh, Kyle, you got one? Uh, yeah, just I, I have this uh, TikTok that I came across of uh, Miyamoto playing uh, Mario 64 music on guitar. It's just, oh, it's just a minute of like watching Miyamoto play guitar. It's great. Watch Whoa, it. Awesome. Links below. Right? Uh, yeah. Haley? Get a load of this. Uh, there's a new trailer for the Disney Wish movie, and it looks really cute, and I'm excited for it. It just came out like an hour before we started recording. Ooh, oh, I got to check it out. Um, very new, but it looks good. Have you guys seen Elemental yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. It, marketing did that movie so dirty. Like oh, that really? little Claude kid with the rock. Yeah, kid. I heard. About, I heard about the Claude. The Claude they made controversy. It seem like he was a main character. He's in it for thirty seconds, and he's the worst. He's just. He's like, oh, I'm Claude, and you're like, okay, and then she leaves. And the marketing was like Claude. It was just all about, like that one <laughs> scene with Claude. So I went into this thinking, oh, it's going to be about Claude and how he whatever, and he's. Claude literally not in the movie oh my god like i don't know why it's so funny hearing it hearing you recant this or retell this though but yes this is like this is what i know about that marketing of that movie yeah the claude the claude fiasco yeah weird uh you got one jenna Uh, it's it's fine okay it's i don't know okay i I, I want to see better than peter stone's other people okay here's elemental (laughs) it's getting resident evil 3 (laughs) where it's like it's not even that's bad but people like it's been tainted for the community i I guess i'll spend the rest of my life defending elemental okay add it to the pile why not um get a load of this turning red um, Gillow, this uh, mine's an NPR article that talks about uh, Taylor Swift's star power sending Travis Kelsey's jersey sales soaring. Oh my um, god! His of jersey course. sales went up like four hundred percent because she was at the Chiefs game where he plays, you know, because football. Um, the other football, um, the one that I don't know about, but yeah, I just think that's a wild thing that like fandom can be so powerful that it can <sighs> just vaguely touch another thing and then just skyrocket that thing that's totally unrelated. Like yep. I just think that's like kind of incredible to see people have like a fandom that's so powerful that it can cross a, a across like content line. like i don't know if there's a thicker content line than taylor swift in american football but yeah. like here's the overlap now well, it's like it, it's ooh. there i guess they're both very americana but what whatever. was miss americana the, the, the voting stat that she like Cause oh. like a bajillion people yeah. to register to vote. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Like that's that was that's very heartwarming. Yeah. Suspiciously, five hundred million people registered to vote after she posted an Instagram or something. Um, yeah. The uh, that's that's better look, than jerseys. <laughs> look, she's she's a genius businesswoman. There's no doubt about it. Do you think, Janet, if you had to pin it down and say yes, this happened or not? Did her appearing in such a public way at that football game? Is it? Would she be doing that in that way if she didn't have that concert movie coming out next month? Yeah, I think she can do anything at this point, and it's just going to be a scene. Like, but there she... was a whole big controversy around um, a lot of fans, like, gathering around the outside of where, like, an engagement party for a friend was happening. And that wasn't oh even, God. like, a pub- like that is by no means a public appearance. Like, that got a lot of pushback within the community about, hey, y'all, I know some of you are, like, super obsessed with Taylor Swift, but, like... That is weird and not yes. good behavior to be like. So, yeah, like she I mean, she's like ridiculously 
popular. Like she could do anything. I understand she could do anything. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to step outside. I mean, maybe it is, but like, I don't think it's like, I'm just oh, I'm only she... going to step outside to garner attention. I think like if she wants to live her life in any capacity, it's going to be garnering attention. And she's always working. So there's always like it's this it's her re-releases like there's always content coming out, you know, yeah. so I don't I don't necessarily think like I don't think it's like, oh, she's above like Mark. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, she's so ethical. that She'd never do marketing aspects. Right. But I, I don't think the two are necessarily related because she always has a big thing coming around so the corner. Yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, look at her last big relationship. She was pretty quiet about it for years and years and years, right? So it's weird to be like, look at me and this well, hot new couple. But also like that, and I'm not, not a Swifty, so it's like I'm speaking out outside of the community. Sure. But like, that's also more of, that was during COVID. A lot of that was a COVID well, relationship. And like, he didn't want like stardom like that. And he was, he's not that famous of a guy. Uh, a Billy Pilgrim's Long Halftime Walk or whatever that movie was. You're saying that's not a f- famous film? He was the star of that uh, Ang Lee film, Kyle, that no one talks about. Yeah, which I don't think he even got the title right. No, I think it was Billy Pilgrim's <laughs> long saloon Pro stroll. Boy in the chat says, I don't think Ben is a Swifty either. I suspected as much, but you never know. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm married to one. Uh, hey, uh, from the community. What does community, she think about all this? Ask her what she thinks about the Travis Kelsey stuff. <laughs> hey! Uh, Leafion <laughs> over in the Discord. Uh, they submitted uh, this one here. It says, a personal slash alternate ending uh, for Jaws has been revealed. Where uh, it's a tweet from Ethan Sachs. He says, A few years ago, my daughter got to interview Steven Spielberg as part of a junior reporting article for New York Daily News. Um, And she specifically asked him about the dog in Jaws, Pippet, because the dog disappears. It's like, Oh, that shark got eaten. And so she asked, um, What's going on? Was Pippet actually eaten by the shark in Jaws? And Steven Spielberg said, What's possible with Pippet is Pippet is not owned by the person who threw the stick. Pippet was a neighbor's dog, and Pippet decided he was tired of chasing the stick for as many times as it was thrown to him. He was hungry and ignored the stick in the water, swam home, and had a very good dinner. I love it. So apparently new canonical uh, ending, or I guess plot point for Jaws, is the dog did not die, according to Steven Spielberg. So congratulations. Uh, Yeah, let's get doesthedogdie.com updated right away. That's it. it. Now Jaws is watchable. Um, All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for watching or listening to this episode of the MinMax Show. Thank you to everybody who left a review on Apple Podcasts uh, and won a code for Jedi... Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We sent out these two codes, but thanks again for everybody for spreading the good word there. Uh, again, you can check out the new episode of Cream of the Steam from the MinMax Studio. Uh, Brian Vore and Giant Bomb's Dan Reichert joined for that uh, group stream. It was fun just to sit back and play a bunch of silly games in there. Uh, you can unlock Party Chat if you're a Patreon supporter. $5 tier, that's our bonus podcast each and every week. Uh, this week, we followed up on the conversation from last week about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So if you want even a deeper conversation uh, than we had on the main show. You can check out Party Chat, that bonus podcast. It's a lot of fun theories with the community and unpacking details and that new gameplay, which looks awesome. Uh, Also, I review the Beetlejuice musical, which I also saw and all that fun stuff. So check out the Party Chat. I don't know why that's worth... Did you vape during it? (laughs) How dare you? It's a good musical. It's divorced from anything else. We were looking at tickets the other day. It's it's really different from the movie. It's interesting how different it is. Um, Also, something else I want to plug real quick is uh, coming up at the end of the month here, obviously, uh, with October rolling around the corner, and we have a benefit on Patreon that maybe we don't plug that much, but Wall of Heroes. Like, if you watch the video version of the MinMax show, or any MinMax content, there's just a constant rotation of images, um, and those are images from people at that $100 tier, and so I know I'm impartial to this, but I always just want to scream about it. Like, if you do the math on that, that image is being seen literally millions and millions of times throughout one month here at MinMax, 
and it only costs $100 to put any image you want, within reason, nothing grotesque, right? Uh, up in that slot to rotate through in that slideshow. So it's the cheapest marketing I could possibly imagine. If you want to plug your podcast, your Twitch channel, uh, a picture of your pet, obviously, or you can be more clinical and do your indie game, whatever you want, $100, and it's literally seen millions and millions and millions of times, especially throughout October, which is going to be a huge month for games. It's going to be seen a lot. So it's a great time to jump in at that $100 tier or just try the $100 tier just for one month, put an image there, uh, help shake up the, the visuals here. It's a good time. It's a good time to look at all day, every day. Um, Janet, you have something you want to plug? Yeah, I'm currently raising money for the American Heart Association. So um, you can check out like I have a it's pinned on my Twitter and I can send the link to put in the description here. But um, yeah, I'm raising money for that. I have um, a team of the a coalition of the willing, as some may think of it as it, it's me. It's uh, like one of my moderators. It's my friend, Eddie. It's my brother. Uh, Haley just joined, which is really exciting um, of this episode. So boom, there you go. Uh, my boyfriend <laughs> Isaiah is there. Jill Grote. 6-1 Indy, aka like Mike is there. Um, Jenny is about to join. So we have a bunch of different people. Um, I have a fun incentive added to whoever raises the most money who isn't me. Gets to pick a game for me to stream all day. Ooh. Gets a pizza and gets a shout out on social media. So Awesome. It's also like a cool way where you could like go into my team link and sort of gamify like, oh, do you want to, you know, Ashes at 257? Do you want to toss, you know, in money for like Ashes thing? Do you want to toss in money for like whatever nonsense my brother would make me do? Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's however you want to go about it, but it's a great cause. Uh, the American Heart Association basically works towards doing aspects of prevention, supporting of survivors of um, heart issues, heart conditions, stroke, and also um, general research CPR training. So they do a bunch of great work towards um, supporting all those affected. So um, yeah, be sure to check it out. I'm streaming primarily as my fundraising thing. It goes for a really long time until like December, but I'm planning on mostly going really hard right now and during October. So yeah, nice. the whole team's already at like $1,900 on our way nice. towards our well first done. like 5,000 milestones. So it's going good. It's been fun. I've been, you know, playing Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, it's Kingdom Hearts for Heart Health. We're like talking about the AHA. Makes sense. We're Makes sense. doing whatever nonsense is going on in that game. Sora was a mermaid <laughs> at one point. Please no spoilers. But um, <laughs> there we yeah, go. it's been a blast and a half. So check it out uh, and check out all the fundraising that different people on my team are now getting into. There we go. Links below for all that fun stuff. Um, on the fundraising note, also, um, we normally do a big... 24-hour stream uh, in early November for Extra Life, and we are we are doing a big charity stream in November. Uh, we will be sharing details on that uh, very soon. So jump into Janet's uh, charity drive to prime the pumps, as they say. Uh, also, forgot to plug it, but uh, yeah, next week on Patreon will be your chance to vote for the deepest dive. So jump in there, and uh, as Backstage Pass says, don't forget to plug the Mario Wonder deepest dive. Okay, thank you, Snake. Who said that? That's Snake. Uh, <laughs> I, did think, I did think that was really funny. Like, I'm, now I'm wondering if it's going to, like, I'm so curious now because I wonder no. if people are going to go in the opposite direction where they're like, let's all rally around wonder. And then again, I'm <laughs> going to bring the heat with the level analysis. Like okay. I'm going to do the work that needs to be done. Okay. If it's needed. There we go. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, also, thank you to everybody who's at the $50 tier on Patreon for giving this whole thing afloat in a big, bad way. You can become a $50, uh, Patreon supporter and choose any game under the sun to be declared the champion of. And then also uh, you are put in the poll uh, for the game championship where we create bonus content about the number one pick voted on by the community. The point is that uh, Zezima is the champion of RuneScape. Great pick. Zachary Pliggy, of course, is the champion of Superman 64. Clemens Zobel, the champion of Alpha Protocol. 
Congratulations. Great pick. And Trampoline Tales once again choosing their own game, but ain't nothing wrong with that, with Luck Be a Landlord. All right. I think that's it for this big episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Looking forward to a fun one next week. But that's it for us. Be good, have fun, let's go. Hey, people of Cincinnati, are you in need of a used car? Come on down to Al's Car Dealership, everybody. Please, run, don't walk, it's great. Oh, your car making weird noises? Oh, don't let it do it. Come down to Al's Car Dealership. Hey, everybody, this is Still Ben Hansen. We're still doing the podcast. We just wanted to remind you that we don't do those gross uh, automated ads at the end of our podcast uh, because we're supported by people on Patreon. So thank you, everybody on Patreon, for making us sustainable and, and we don't force that crap down your throats because they suck. What am I supposed to do with my car, though? It is making weird noises. Uh, You should actually go to Al's. Actually, it's a really great place in Cincinnati. You'd love it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.